Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? Look, I'm just trying to get some momentum here, all right? I'm just, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to talk and we're going to see where it goes because it's been so goddamn long. I haven't spoken in a month. I certainly haven't spoken to you guys in a month, but I haven't spoken in my real life in a month. Doing a lot of pointing for the last four weeks. <laughs> Such a mistake. You go no place. And, and, uh, and they don't care for that. I got a bad When you're trying to get a donut... Nobody wants you to come in and make chimp noises and point. Because uh, you know what? I'm sure they get enough of that shit all day long anyway. They don't, they don't even care about it. Some you know, vow of silence or some bullshit where a guy doesn't talk or he's taking a, a fucking oath. But they just there's enough people here in Los Angeles who live in the street who probably make chimp noises and point as they go in to try to bust out a crawler. They just walk in. They're like, you know, just, uh, just say just say jelly filled. That's all you got to do. Don't pound on the glass and swing your fucking dick around. <laughs> Pointing at the fucking jelly donuts, you fucking idiot. Just tell them what you want. Like Zebra said, tell me what you want. Look up Zebra. Uh, or don't. Don't. I don't care if you do or you don't. Don't go anywhere. Just stay here. We're, not, let's, we're, we're doing this, right? We've got some traction now. We're a minute in. Because uh, I'll tell you, I've, I've done this. I've been three minutes in. I've been six minutes in. I've been nine minutes in. And then I've stopped. Only those numbers, though. Three, six, and nine. I, I, at the three-minute mark, I evaluated my brain. I go, is this good? Let's go. Let's try to make minute six. We make minute six. I'm like, let's head up to six, nine. And then we do. And then uh, and then all of a sudden, the, the song, if six was nine, because that'll happen. I get to nine, and I think, oh, only nine was as good as six. And then I, I scrapped the whole thing. Folks, ah, uh, Christ. You know, I... Uh, it's me, by the way, in case you were wondering if this is really me, because I know it's been a while since you've heard my voice or heard my vocal stylings or the nonsense that I bring to the microphone. It's me, except no substitutes. Uh, <laughs> unless, unless, of course, that substitute does a show every week. Then, by all means, embrace that person. Don't, don't, if anybody comes along and they say that they're me and they, and you know it's really not, it seems a little off, but then they want, they decide to put out a regular show, embrace that person. That, that clearly is a substitute you need to accept. But, uh, but other than that, I would say please accept no substitutes because it's just uh, it's me and a microphone and you and your ears and what the fuck, man. And we've been doing it for over 12 years, right? Uh, well, some of us have. I just I don't know. You know, what's hard to do. Let me tell you this. You know, it's really difficult to pull off change. 
Uh, cause first of all, nothing stays the same. And then all of a sudden you're unchained and you're hitting the ground running. You know, this, I know this, we all know this together. Uh, but it, but it's a strange thing. I don't, I, and, but I'm back and we're here now and I'm excited about that sort of, uh, because I don't think that, cause I just think, <laughs> all right, cause look, every time I say something now, I'm like, that isn't good enough that I just stop. And I, I know you don't believe me. I do not want to make this fucking show a referendum on what's going on in my head. But the problem is the, the show is always about what I talked about was like what was going through my head. But all that's going through my head now is is how how much I suck. And I don't know why. I got no idea why. Just get in here. Just do me a favor. Let's just let's just get a group hug. What do you say right now? Me and you and whoever the fuck is listening. Let's just climb in for a group hug. Although that is I got to be honest, that is a group hug that is getting smaller and fucking smaller every week that I don't put out a goddamn show. Eventually, it's just going to be me hugging myself. Oh, you ever, you ever do that when you're a kid? That thing where you put your your hands like around your uh, chest and your and everybody's like, oh, who are you hugging? You're like, ha ha, just me because uh, I'm lonely and sad. Um. But I'll take a group hug, and I and I throw this out to you right now, folks. It is uh, I, as I record this. It's November still. Uh, I, it's been a month since I did a show. I did a show at the end of October, and remember, look, I, and I drew a line in the sand. Look, look I, we're gonna have to recap a bunch of things here. Uh, not really a bunch of things, but I mean, there, I'm gonna have to go into detail. And I, it's just let's call this a state of the forty year old boy union. All right, we'll do that. And and look, it seems like every fucking show is that these days where I come in and I go, well, you're not going to believe this. My skull is fucked. Uh, <laughs> which is a bad thing to say as you, cause you right now you're sitting there, you're staring at your iPod vagina and you got something jammed in there. And then you got your, your earbuds. Although nobody uses fucking cords anymore, right? There's nobody, nobody plugs into their iPod. Then see this show's outlasted the iPod vagina. Nobody's listening to me on fucking, everybody's got earbuds now. Everybody's wireless. You guys are wireless out there, right? You've moved into the 21st century. You're out there with your, uh, your, I, what are you listening to? You don't, you don't have your regular earbuds in, right? Maybe you do. Maybe you got beats. You got beats by wireless. I need a beat. That's what Ella Cool J said a million years ago. Are you, you let Jimmy Iovine and, and Dr. Dre tell you what to listen to? You got those wrapped around your fucking skull, wireless or not? Or look, do you have true wireless? Or do you have the ones that have a wire that goes behind your neck? Uh, th- and that's beats wireless. But the, or do you have the earbuds? Or what are, the, what are those fucking things called? AirPods. Those things from Apple that look like somebody came in your ears. You ever see those fucking things? Of course you've seen them. What the fuck? Am I the only guy who discovered them? Hey, do you ever see those things? No, none of us have ever seen them, idiot. They're on every goddamn city street, every fucking moment of every goddamn day. See, that's where I talk about. That's the part where I come in and I go, see, you've got nothing to offer that you, you, your reference was wrong. And then they all fucking shouted you out. See, it's foolish. And I shouldn't beat myself up. And you're supposed to use language. that's really kind to yourself. And there's four agreements and all sorts of bullshit. But you know what? I chucked all that shit out the window. <laughs> God forbid I have any sort of, uh, I don't know, mantra. I need a mantra. Don't know. Don't I need a mantra of some sort? I'm not going to lie to you, man. I have, uh, I've sat here and, and uh, tried to talk myself into into not being me. I, I know that sounds like a strange thing. And you're like, oh, here he goes. And I, I don't I don't want to be the here he goes guy. I don't want to be that fucking dude. Uh, but I but I have to I guess I have to tell you some things. And otherwise, because look, wouldn't it be fucking weird if I did, I did one show a month and then I popped in and I was like, hey, what's going on? Ha <laughs> ha. Podcasting. Isn't that great? And you'd be because, again, the show normally is about me and what the fuck is going on. Uh, and if I don't explain to you what the fuck is going on for the past goddamn month you'd be like what the fuck happened to this guy and uh and and look and uh, although you might not want that because people are very kind and they reach out and they give me ideas they're like hey 
like here's uh here's someone they're like hey did you ever think that maybe uh if you had some people zoom in to watch you do the podcast then it would be like you had a built-in audience and they had to go ahead and fucking listen and then uh, you you had somebody you were like uh, responsible to and you had to show up because those people and i'm like yeah that's that's a great idea you know what i really want to do when i when i do this show i want a bunch of people on zoom staring at me and not laughing oh won't that be great won't that be good when i go ahead and i talk into the microphone everybody just kind of goes yeah i'm not i don't get this this isn't funny or good at all and that's really not going to put any pressure on me to try to go ahead and be as funny as I possibly can be. Not that I'm not putting pressure on myself now to be as funny as I possibly can be, uh, but there's something freeing about nobody fucking staring at me. Although I wish there was somebody here to go ahead and try to make laugh. It's it's all, look, man, I'm a fucking dichotomy. I'm a turducken. I'm a goddamn fuck duckin. That's who I am. I'm a dumb fuck wrapped in a duck stuffed in a turkey. Cook me up and fucking cut me open and goddamn eat me. Separate my rib cage and eat the fucking duck breast. Uh, although no, the duck breast is over me. I'm stuffed in the middle. I'm all the way. I'm, I'm way in the middle, right? I'm stuffed in the duck who's in the turkey. So I'm the chicken, I guess, in this fucking uh, extravaganza. And there's the and look. Did you just call me a fucking chicken? I'm not going to accept that. Oh wait, I called myself a chicken. Well then, it's okay. I'll go ahead and accept that. That's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> um. I'm glad you're here. I, again, if you're here, I don't know if you are. So people are like, hey, man, you should go ahead and a Zoom thing and let people watch you, uh, which, you know, that's not ever going to be a good thing. Because then, like I said, because look, that put just as much pressure on the fucking people on the Zoom, because then they're they're going to think, oh, we, we better because I'll never get a true read from those people. So they'll be like, oh, we, we got to laugh to help Mike. Let's laugh to help Mike. You know what I mean? Like nobody be like laughing because they think I'm funny. They'll be laughing just to get the goddamn thing over with. <laughs> they'll be like, all right, the more we laugh, maybe he'll fucking be done. That'd be great, wouldn't it? It's like when I was doing those live shows uh, on the road. I Look, I, I'll be completely honest with you. Like I've done live shows with my friend Justin in the room, live shows with Jesuit, live shows with Zach and Phoenix, uh, live shows in Canada that went very well. But also then uh, the last time I went to Canada, uh, I, I, and I talked about this on the air. Uh, we, we didn't do the show until late at night after we had all eaten, hung out all night and people actually fell asleep. So like I'm at the table podcasting in, in essentially another room. And I could see and people were just like some people were kind of paying attention, but nodding off. Some people fell asleep in chairs. Some people were out at the fire pit in the yard. And and I, I in my brain, I was like, why the fuck is this? Why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? This is just annoying people at this fucking point. And that's not true because people are very kind to me in Canada. They're my friends and they want to see that sort of thing. And it's just that we had started far too late and people have lives and jobs and things like that. And, and it was a misfire. But in that moment. Uh, sitting there at the table and talking with people trying to stave off sleep in your brain. You're like, what could I possibly do to save this? And, and, and so it's made me gun shy to want to do any live stuff with anybody anymore either. So when you're saying, Hey man, have people do a zoom thing with you. I'm just like, no, it's just more people to put to sleep. That's five or six more people who are going to be like, Nope. (laughs) That would be a good snore. That's a snore that I wish I had. Um, I don't know, man. I, I I just, I have not ridden my bike yet. All right, let's talk about what the fuck is going on. Because I made a big to-do at the end of October about November 1st being, hey, you know what? Here we go. Let's let's fucking pick it up. Let's do this. And changing is fucking hard. It's, it's, and here's the thing. Changing is harder now than I thought it was going to be. And changing is harder now than it's ever been for me. Um, I've talked about how the pandemic sapped whatever the fuck, whatever, whatever discipline or work ethic I had, I had left if I had any, but I didn't really, but I would force myself to do things. I get, I would, the one thing I've always had going for me is rage. All right. I've always been fucking mad. I've had a fire burning in my gut and 
fear of embarrassment, fear of being looked at as a fucking idiot, fear of people finding me out, I suppose. I don't know. There's all sorts of fucking different fears. Uh, and they would manifest themselves in, in rage at the post office or at the store or whatever the fuck, or at myself. Or I told you, I would just laugh at myself. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Which is not kind at all. Uh, but again, there's the four agreements. But then again, that was what I learned in therapy. But then again, that's all out the fucking window, man. I haven't. Remember when I saw Shannon? Wasn't that great? Uh, and I thought, and like I said, I thought I was doing, making good progress with Shannon. I haven't seen her in, you know, almost two years now. And, uh, and I'm starting to think that maybe I, I should see somebody again or do something or get meds. And I've talked about this for years. I understand this. There's, it's nothing I haven't told you before. All right. And I under, cause that, cause this is another reason why then I'm like, it's all been said. Why would I get back in the microphone? Because they, they know I'm fucked up. I think I need to fix this. I don't know what to do. Uh, I've let myself get into a position now where I'm fucking, I, I've left myself hanging. And also there's nobody here. I, I save me. Come save me. Somebody just take me out for a fucking tuna sandwich. Could you do that? Cause goddamn, look, I've always said I hide in my apartment. I hide under the coats. I do that. I don't, I don't, uh, I, I really don't mind it, but I don't want to do it. I just don't. I, w- I want somebody to come here and fucking go, hey, man, let's go to a movie or let's just let's just go fucking hang out. Let's, and I've been out. I've been out and done things and I love doing it. And I always feel I think I've talked about this before, even with my friends. Um, as this was starting to open up, my buddies are comedians, my buddy Murray, my buddy, uh, you know, Bill Dwyer, these guys. And I'm like, hey, man, if, uh, you know, if you guys start going out to do comedy, I would love to hang out with you guys. And like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, if that's going to happen, if they just let me know, you know, whatever. And. And so then uh, Bill was doing a show in Ventura. This is a couple of weeks ago. And uh, and I reached out. I'm like, hey, man, uh, you know, you, you want to tag along, buddy? You want a road buddy for this? And he's like, sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. And so he came to my house and then he and I drove up to, to uh, you know, whatever the fuck, to, to Ventura, to the comedy club. And Bill was on there with a, um, some comedians that I, you know, I, I did not know the other guys. I knew one of them, Andy, this guy, Andy, I'd actually been on. Uh, is it Andy? Fuck. No, I feel terrible. Uh, it's a guy that I actually did a, um, cause I did, I, I did a Jackie Cation's Dork Forest and it was a wrestling podcast that I did. I did it with him and I think his name's Andy off the top of my head. Uh, but when I walked in, I recognized him immediately and he's like, oh my God, yes. Um, and it was, and it was, uh, it was just a way to go hang out and do something. Um, but, but then, you know, then I ask again and like Dwyer was doing a show at Flappers. I'm like, Hey man, you want somebody to hang out with? And and I'm sure those people are just like, no, man, nobody wants to babysit you. Nobody wants to fucking, because again, when you were 20 or 25 or just starting, yeah, it made sense to go and hang out, maybe pound a drink or two or whatever the fuck and hang out and watch other comedians. And, and then afterwards you went to Denny's and you fucking hung out all night and you talked about bits and you did all that. And, uh, and I recognize that a lot of this is, is, uh, is midlife bullshit. All right. I recognize a lot of that has taken me over. And as a lot of that has put me in a weird place where I, I don't, uh, I don't feel great about where I am or how I got here. (laughs) Now I do to a certain extent, but then there are things that I question. Um, you know, when I was, when I started doing stand up, and again, (laughs) look, I recognize you don't tune in for this or, and I don't want it to be this way all the time. And once I get back on a regular schedule, he said, uproariously uh it'll be more of a it'll be more funny right i'll talk about stuff you want to hear about won't i don't that be the thing uh because i'll tell you what you know already i'm behind i look i'm a month behind there's no doubt but then like over the weekend i had uh our buddy ken 
from from Canada reached out and he's like, "Hey man, what's going on? We want the show." And I'm like, "I know, I know." And I I promise you, I swear by all that's holy, you will have a show by tomorrow. And that was 2 days ago. And and there wasn't a show and and again, I've said before, it's dangerous because the more you do that, the more people aren't going to give a fuck. And that's and and so I'm trying not to be a guy who convinces people not to give a fuck, which means I have to give more of a fuck, which means I have to care about myself and doing the things I'm supposed to do. And I understand that this is not what you tuned in for. I understand you want, you want funny and, uh, and stuff. And I'll, I'll get there. Right. Won't I, don't you think I will, but I also feel that there's an obligation because I haven't been here for a month to tell you what's going on and, and, and kind of what's happening a little bit. Um, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I, I've always been able to use rage to kind of fight through the stuff I needed to fight through. There's always been that fucking, you know, fuck you, dude. You just fucking do this. It's time. The phrase I always use was it's time to pay the check. Fuck you. You did this. You did this. You did this. It's time to pay the fucking check. You know, and I, and I had that rage and stuff in the beginning of 2020, where I was like, this is it, the year of I will, let's fucking make it work, lost 60 pounds, fucking da 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 and, uh, and then the pandemic came and I gave up. And and we've talked about this before, some of you also have said, hey, look, man, I gave up too, a lot of people gave up, don't beat yourself up over it, and you're right. But there but there also is the, the, the reality of, uh, now I have to fucking wade through the rubble of what my life is after the giving up during the pandemic. So then I was like, all right, well, let's set the first, we're going to do this. We're going to get back to the gym. We're going to do this. Let's fucking make that work. And, and with all intentions of making this happen. Okay. Because in the past, I mean, look, you know me, I've lost, I've lost a hundred pounds, like 11 different times in my life. Uh, just because you know what? It was fucking time to do it. I was like, let's do this. You know, when I had the surgery, I lost what? 245 pounds. You know, it was, it was incredible. And so I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. I can do that. But you know, that's when you're, that's when you're 30 and that's when you're 35 and that's even when you're 40 and you're like, all right, I can make this work. And when I was 43, uh, you know, I, I was able to just fucking jump my jaw and go, fuck you do this. And, uh, and also, you know, uh, there were motivators in life, you know, where, uh, your marriage fucking falls apart. And then you're like, you know what? I, I'd, I'd like to get pussy again. Wouldn't that be fucking great? And so that finds its way in there. And then, uh, you know, and then I did, and then whatever, uh, and that's fucking great when it happens, but then whatever the fuck my life has turned, uh, it's just, <laughs> I'm 54. Okay. And when we started doing comedy, I I've told you this before. I used to always, cause I had, I had a friend, uh, who would always say, Hey, when are you, uh, when are you actually going to get it like a job? Even when I was working the road doing stand up, or, or I was at the house MC in Naperville, he would say, Hey, this is, this is fine. But when are you going to get your actual job? Like for your life. And, uh, you know, this is a extremely close friend of mine. And I would have to say, look, uh, this is the job, whether it looks like it is or it isn't, that's fine. Uh, but it's a gamble. I recognize that, but I'm good enough to where I think that I can gamble on this. I'm good enough to think that this is going to be, uh, I'm gambling a normal adult life. And I I would say this to anybody who asked, I I'm gambling a normal adult life on a payoff that could be 10 times that or 50 times that, or who knows? Uh, and I'm good enough to where I think I can pull it off. 
And, uh, and he'd be like, all right, you know, and then he, I had people who supported me and people were great. And now, uh, at 54, <laughs> uh, it didn't pay off. And you know, what's funny is I had these feelings 10 years ago, you know, when I talked to you guys, when I did the one man out on the road, uh, the one man was about that, about how I missed it, how I, I missed my opportunity. And, and I was going to be, as I've said many times before, here we go, man, I'm going to go ahead and fix it. I'm going to change it. And then now, you know, now here we go. This is where we, we make it work. When I was doing the one man, when I was on the, on the success tour, um, you know, that was, I, <laughs> all the money generated from the show, ticket sales, whatever the fuck all went back into the show. And then as we know, uh, my life, uh, fractured a bit and it was, um, you know, I'm, I'm 75% responsible for that, uh, that my marriage fucking collapsed. And then I was left, um, any of the money from the show then had to go toward my life. So I had to stop touring. I stopped making merch. I stopped doing funneling the money back into the show the way I could before, uh, because I had to start driving people around and, and driving meat around to stay alive. And, and it's been one of those things, like I've said, I've said many times on this show, I've said it before. You just move forward. You're a shark. You just move fucking forward. How many times have I had shows where I've had epiphanies where I'm like, fuck, this is not great. And I don't feel good about it. And yet you just move forward. You get up, you do this and don't worry. It's going to change and it's going to work out. It's going to be good. And, uh, you say that and then you say it and you say it and you say it. And every time you say it, imagine if you had a spoon or you have a spoon and uh, every time you say it, you're taking a spoonful of dirt out of a mountain. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to work out. No, no, trust me. It's going to be great. This is a good move. And then uh, after a thousand spoonfuls, you look up and, and there's still this fucking mountain that you haven't done anything about. Uh now, should you have gotten a bulldozer instead of a spoon? Yes. Again, I'm not trying to say this is, is not my fault. It is my fault. But also, the very fact that it's my fault is, is, has, is what has left me... Uh, I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to use words that are strong, and I don't mean them to be strong. I don't mean them the way they're going to sound. Broken ashamed, embarrassed. I am those things. And I, I, <laughs> I use them against myself as weapons. Uh, when, when, when there's the thing that I think I can use to, to fix myself, you know, this show, this show was always my fucking, my bulldozer. This show was the one thing I say it. This is the one thing I have that's mine. And if I wanted to talk for four hours, I would. And if I wanted to talk for fucking 20 minutes, I would. I talk till I'm done. Nobody fucking tells me what I can and can't say on this fucking show. That was one of the reasons I didn't want to have sponsors, why I never wanted to go ahead and sign up with anybody. I was just like, fuck this. Nobody gets to come in and tell me what I can and can't fucking do on this fucking show. Um, and that's admirable. And it's a great attitude to have, you know. Um, but then what that means is that you you need to work harder to be seen. You need to work harder to be noticed. Look, I, <laughs> I think this all the time. And again, this is part of the, the sitting here angry at myself because again, you know, 10 years ago, if I would, if I would have made any effort at all, uh, who knows 20 years ago, if I would have made any effort at all, who knows? 
Uh, and then you start to think, well, you know, uh, 40 years ago, if I would have made any effort at all, who knows? <laughs> and that's, uh, and that's what you do is you sit in your apartment and especially cause again, I've said this too, I don't have a family, you know what I mean? I, I don't have kids whom I can uh, look at and beam and, and try to do everything I can to make them the best they are, uh, to the best they can possibly be. You know what I mean? I have, uh. I have nobody to give any love to. And again, this, this sounds harsher than it is. I don't mean it in a way where I'm like, boo-hoo, and whatever the fuck, and there's a noose. I'm, I'm just, these are truths. And you have to, you have to, as I try to parse what's happening, and I did, I did not want this to be this, all right? <laughs> uh, but, I, but again, you deserve an explanation of why I, I can't, sit, why I haven't sit down and talked to you guys. Because you've been there, uh, you know, for, for some of you have been here for a very long time. And and uh, some of you have been here since the beginning. And some of you have been here since before that. And you're you're amazing. You know, my buddy Jimmy O listens to this show. It's a dude I grew up with. It's a dude I went to school with. My buddy Mark Young listens to this show. I shouldn't give his full fucking name. But he listens to this show. And, and, uh, and they've been in my life since I was fucking 13. And, uh, and they reach out, Jimmy reaches out, you know, Mark, Mark has reached out as well, you know, and, and he enjoys the show and, and just to tell me, and, and look, there are people who reach out to tell me they love the show and they want to hear more of it and they need to know how I am. And they're, and they're very kind. And, uh, and again, I, I thank you to all of you. <laughs> you, you, you deserve so much more. You, you, you just do. You deserve, uh, someone who, who. I don't even want to say this. I care. I do. I just don't, I don't care about me. And, and then that leads me into a fucking thing where I'm rolling downhill and uh, it's not the same hill with the spoon, please. I'm not doing, (laughs) I'm not doing another analogy with a goddamn spoon and then I'm rolling down the other side. It's just that, uh, I, I, I've trapped myself in a way where I sit here and then, like I said, um, I, I've aged out of my chosen profession. You know, like even when I think about, remember I was like, oh, it's the year of I will. I'm going to get back and do stand up and I do that shit. Hey man, I've been looking, you know, I look online and I try to look and see and, and look, I don't want, I don't want to go to open mics. But again, that's one of the reasons why I'm going to hang out with my friends. Cause then I could meet people and try to get on shows and stuff like that. Uh, and so, but also, so I reached out the second time to bill, uh, when he was going to be at flappers and, uh, and he never wrote me back. You know, and uh, and that's nothing, not his fault, nothing to do with him. Uh, first, first, he said, yeah, cool. I said, OK, well, I said, do you want to meet? How do you want to do this? How do you want to get there? And then he never wrote me back. And then I didn't go. I could have gone. That's the thing. I could have been I was being stubborn. I could have just gone uh, to the show and seen my friend and then hung out with him. Uh, but I wanted him to to reach out. I wanted him to, well, also I didn't want to fucking pay. I wanted to get a list. I said, I said to him and I go, Hey, do I get on a list for this? Uh, cause I'm not going to pay 20 bucks to go see Bill Dwyer who I play poker with every goddamn week. Now look, is he worth it? Certainly go check out his dry bar comedy special. He's fucking hysterical. Uh, but at the same time, I know this fucking guy. I'm not coughing up 20 bucks anyway. Uh, but, but all it took was that, you know, the first time he said yes. And then the second time he didn't get back to me. And now I never want to ask again because I'm a burden because I'm in the way, because why the fuck, you know, what, you know, go, just go, go to shows, do it yourself. You don't, you don't need to run and buddy. You don't need anybody to fucking 
hang out with you. You don't need a fucking wingman. What the fuck are you, 22, trying to get pussy? You don't need a fucking wingman. Just get up and go to the fucking club. Uh, and I And every day. Every day I see flyers for shows and I'm like, all right, you know, if I went there and sat in the back just to observe what was going on, you know, cause I, I, I was talking again, talking to my friends and talking about getting on stage and I'm like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get a gauge for what's, what works in clubs now and what's going on. And, uh, and one of my friends, uh, comedian friends said, Hey, fuck that. You're fucking hysterical. You have decades of funny stories to fucking tell and what the fuck do you care if anybody's funny in a club you can go do that you proved it when you went back to chicago and uh it was it was awesome it was a bracing bucket of cold water in my face uh and and i appreciated it very much and i and i love my friends who say that and think that and I think that too, to a certain extent, but then at the same time, look, dudes, you this is fucking boring, right? This is just fucking boring. You don't you don't you don't need to hear this fucking hamster wheel bullshit. This fucking I know, I know, I know. But for the past month, like I've said, you know, you you miss a deadline, you miss the show, and then like a day goes by, and then another day goes by, and it just gets to be bigger and bigger, and then you're like embarrassed that you haven't done it, and then you don't want to tell people, and you're like, Oh, I'm sorry, and then you hide, and then you you you're just and this again, I I've had this my whole life, but it's so much worse now, and I don't fucking know why. I I don't. Well, here here's why. I don't have rage. Like I'm not mad. I don't. I'm all, all my rage. You know that used to be the joke. Remember, I get mad at a sink. I could do this or whatever the fuck. Uh, I feel extinguished. I feel empty I don't there's no fire there's no there's no thing that makes me fucking uh, uh, go yeah fuck you do this what the fuck man you know because you can get this and this and this and this no I, I I've been filled as I've mentioned before with this uh, apathy I'm inert I, I don't know why anything I do or say matters ever and it's funny because that can lead people. I because I, I, look, I've had people reach out and they think, you know, whatever the fuck. Because they're like, "Are you okay?" You know, I don't, I don't talk to people for days and days, and uh, and then I have to write them and go, "I'm fine." And uh, you know, Jesuit reaches out all the time and he's like, "Look, man, you got to tell me what's going on because I don't know what the fuck is happening. Like, are you are you okay? Are you in a spiral? Like, what the fuck?" And then I'm like, "Yes." And then and then I will tell you this: I'm just embarrassed that my friends have to write me. I'm embarrassed that my friends feel they need to check up on me. And so then, you know what happens? Guess what happens? Guess. I bet you can guess. Well, do I get angry and embarrassed at myself again? And then I think to myself, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? See, why the fuck are these people even your goddamn friends? Because there's no reason you should fucking put them through this goddamn thing. People have lives. They have children. They have jobs. They have real things. Nobody should have to fucking worry about you laying on your goddamn fucking couch and wondering what the fuck is going on. And and that uh, that dude just starts working the fucking heavy bag in my goddamn brain. And then I go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch a baking show and not even think about this anymore I'm because... I and and I put the phone. I, I I will turn the phone off, or I'll just put the phone on the desk and stay away from it for five hours. Uh, and I and I and I don't answer anybody. You know, my 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 friend Ellen writes me, and and I take two weeks to answer her text. Bridget wrote me. My friend Bridget wrote me, and I haven't. I still haven't even listened to her message. She sent me a message on Thanksgiving. I think I haven't. I haven't fucking played the goddamn thing. <laughs> I, I just. Uh, because, because why? Well, but also then there's this, I haven't done the show yet. 
I haven't done the podcast yet. So I'm like, well, you can't answer anybody. Can't talk to anybody. And I told you this before. It's because I figure they're going to go, hey, what's up? And I'll go, hey, what's going on? And they'll be like, where's the fucking Joe? And I'm like, ah, oh, God damn it. You fucking bait and switch me. Change is hard. I've always been able to be this guy who like draws a line in the sand. Now, look, I don't draw a line in the sand in the beginning. I don't tackle problems when they need to be done. I wait until the very last fucking minute. And I'm like, fuck this. I better do it. The same thing happened when I was writing on TV shows. You know, I would, I would wait when I worked on Starface, we would, we would get our assignments on Monday. We'd pitch things and then we'd go, okay, here's what we're going to write. And then uh, we would have a meeting Friday morning and I wouldn't do a fucking thing all week. I wouldn't do a fucking thing all week. And then everybody would go home at six o'clock on Thursday night. And they said, Hey, we'll see you at the meeting in the morning. I'm like, great. And then I would stay in my office until three 30 in the morning, writing my material, writing my jokes, the work I should have done all week. Uh, I didn't fucking do it. I put it off until Thursday night. Now, did I then bust it out? And was it quality fucking work? And was it great? And was it funny? And then I pitched it in the morning. Yes. And that's, what's always tricked me into thinking, see, you can do that. It's a, I would imagine it's like if you were in college and you had a final and you don't fucking do it. And then the night before you take fucking five pills of Adderall or whatever the fuck and you focus and you get it done and you, and you put it in there and it fucking kills and you're happy and you're excited. Yay. Uh, but that's of course, when you're 22, that shit works. Or in my case, I was 30 or however the fuck old I was. But like, but then uh, you, you get to be <laughs> where, where I'm at now. And, and, you, and, and, and it, look, I'm fine. All right. I, I have a roof over my head. I have far too much food. Uh, all of these things. I, 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 there are so many people so much worse off than me. Absolutely. Um, but also I, I will, it's coming to a point now, uh, you know, financially where I'm going to, I'm going to have to, uh, like I'm never, I'm not going back out on the road and driving anybody. I'm not, I, I just refuse. And also gas, gas here in LA, the cheapest place by me is four forty nine a gallon Four forty nine a gallon. Uh, and it's not like Uber or Lyft gives you a gas stipend. Now they didn't fix anything. They, there's no. So it costs me 54 bucks to fill up a fucking Camry hybrid. Uh, and if you, if you were driving the way I was driving, that's three times a week. Well, that's, that's 160 bucks a week just in gas. So then how many times, how, how much time do I have to be on the fucking road to try to make up just the, cause again, I, and you, you sit there and you figure out your nut. You're like, well, this goes here and this goes there. And I got to figure out how to make this. But dude, if you're already 160 in the fucking hole before you get into the goddamn car, What's the point? And then in my head, I'm like, well, I could deliver beef or whatever the fuck. I could deliver meat or soup or whatever. Uh, whatever the fuck. <laughs> I mean, I have to name every single food item. I can deliver this. I can deliver green beans, whatever the fuck. No. Uh, and like, because I looked at that. I'm like, well, should I do like the fucking Uber Eats? What if I went to a, like a, you know, one of those grocery places and I brought you guys your bleach or whatever the fuck, would that be fine? And then, you know, that the very fact that I'm sitting here parsing that shit out at 54 makes me go, or, you know, here's something else you could do. Uh, you could go get a mannequin that looks like fucking Gina Davis and hold its hand as you drove into the grand fucking Canyon. You failure. You absolute fucking failure that you are sitting here thinking about what you're going to have to do to get back into the car to pay your phone bill. What the fuck? And I, and I hope 
you can hear the sheer contempt I have for myself dripping out of my fucking mouth when I put that out into the world. Should I feel that way? No, you should be kind to yourself. You should do everything you can. Because again, people are very nice. They're like, hey man, look. Uh, even even people, you know, when I don't do the show, they're like, "There's a, uh, Matthew is, is, is a lovely listener and he writes me and he's like, hey man, don't let anybody fucking bully you about the show or tell you whatever. Well, you know, when it comes out, we're happy and, and that's fucking cool. And, and thank you, Matthew, you're fucking great, you know. Uh, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't, but, and so now, you know, so, so then I want to put on a show for Matthew, but I also wanted to be a funny show. I don't want to be this fucking show where I'm, I'm, I'm flaying myself with a fucking cat of nine tails on the air, but I, I, I'm trying to get you to understand what, what, where my head is at and why, why I've skipped, you know, why it's, it's taken me a month to put out a fucking show. It's so stupid. A month. This is two, two podcasts in two months. And again, like I said, I'm not sick. I'm not. I'm not lying down under covers and being boohoo or whatever the fuck. Or I don't know the fl- what any any of that shit. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I mean, my mind's sick. I guess is what you'd say. I mean, like I. I man, I just. I hate what I've done. I hate it. I, I hate what I've done to myself to put myself in this fucking position. And like I said, this thing where you where <laughs> you sit here and I have to think about, oh, maybe if I get back into a car or, you know, what, what if I, you know, they're always hiring at grocery stores now. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, you're 54 years old, man. You have no health insurance. I, I just filed four years or I'm in the process of filing four years of back taxes. And, uh, and I don't even know what that's going to look like, man. And And then what? You know, you can only coast on what you should be for so fucking long. You know, I, hey man, I'd be great at voiceovers. You know, I'm really funny. Hey, I, you know, I should be on shows. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Well, or, 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 or you should be exactly where the fuck you are because you don't make any effort to fucking get the things you're supposed to get or want. And that's what leads me to fucking tune myself up. And then I avoid coming on the microphone because the last thing you want to hear is somebody complaining about their fucking lives because we've all had it how fucking hard for the past two years. And for some of us, the past five years or the past 10 years or the past 15 years, there are people out there who get up and go to fucking work every goddamn day. And I've talked about that on this show too. And I respect you and good for you. You know, uh, I chose a different path and I've been lucky enough to kind of song and dance my way to this fucking point. And I still think I'm I'm really funny, and I still think I have a lot of things to offer, and I still think I could do voices, voiceover, whatever the fuck. There's I I still have confidence in my abilities, but but also when when it starts to slip away, Jesus fucking Christ, does it start to slip away? When I find myself, you know, like uh, even if I miss a deadline by a day, I'm like, oh fuck, and the, and then I twist myself up, and then I'm like, well. Well, probably nobody cares. Or, well, you know what the fuck? Nobody really matters anyway. And it doesn't, you know, I, I mean, it's, I, I, I know, I know you don't want to hear this. I know you don't. I, I don't blame you. Uh, and it won't be like this going forward. <laughs> it's not going to be something where every week it's like me just taking the top of my head off. It's really, it's really not. 
you know, I, I should I probably go talk to somebody? Probably. But hell, I'd love to just talk to anybody at this fucking point. Yeah, I went I went over to my brother's house for Thanksgiving. And uh you know, it's just me and him and my nieces and then my buddy Pat came over too. Cuz Pat was an orphan this year. His family was on the East Coast looking at colleges, so it was just him. And uh I said, "Well, you got to you got to come over to Lenny's, you know, and and uh he's like, "What can I bring?" I said, "You don't need to bring anything." And uh He's like, do we watch football? What do we do? Because he's not a sports guy. I go, look, man, we can do whatever you want. I'm sure there'll be football on. Yeah, I go, we'll all hang out. It'll be fun. And and if there's one thing I know about Pat, I know he's going to fit in anywhere. It doesn't matter where he goes. Because my friend Pat is is truly one of the best people I've ever met. And, and just friendly and kind. And if you needed him, it wouldn't matter what fucking time it was. He would, he would be there. He's like the dudes I grew up with. Pat's, uh, he's a <laughs> honorary member of the UN of evil, I suppose is what you would say. He, he's one of those guys that just, you know, whatever, whatever you need, he can do it. And, and he's, I, I see, you know, cause I talk about being just me and I only have me to care for. And because I don't care enough for me, then who fucking cares? Right. And then I see my buddy Max and Max and his wife and their kids and they are just, they are phenomenal parents and their family is so, so much the ideal of what you would want it to be. You know, they are just, they're just good, kind people who've raised brilliant human beings who are going to go out into the world and, and just everything they do is going to be in service of, uh, happiness and good and kindness and caring, you know, and, and I can't express enough just how proud I am of my godson and, and essentially, you know, uh, Ava is, is might as well be my goddaughter. Like I just, I love them and the people they've become. And I love David and Kristen for what they, uh, for how they raised them and, and how, how they are, you know, they're just incredible. And I feel also, you know, my friend, um, all my friends like are so good. My buddy, my buddy Jeff and his wife Sharon and their and their kids. They, they're they're in college and they're good kids. They're amazing. I I don't know how <laughs> I was accepted as a misfit into this crew of people who are good and kind. You know, Jimmy O. He's got his kids and you know and uh, Delaney is is graduated and he's got a, another. He's got a boy in the military. Just it's it's amazing to me. And it's amazing, you know, it's, well, it's not amazing. I mean, I knew them. They're good people. I've known them my whole fucking life, but to see them be who they are and then create basically new human beings who are good people as well. It's just, it's what you want. It's the ideal. And Pat is that way. Pat has, you know, his, his kids and they are just, you know, silly and fun and funny and not wrecked by the world in any way. When I talk to them, you know what I mean? They're not cynical or jaded uh you just you just love being in a room with them they're a full extension of pat and his wife pilar they're just wonderful people and they're just they're going to be wonderful people for the rest of their lives i'm lucky to know them i'm lucky to know all these people and like i said i don't i don't know where i fit in to the picture with these people because i have uh I have continuously banged my head into dead ends my entire life. 
And and I look, I have promise and potential, and I had all those things for a long time. But then you hit your mid fifties, and guess what, man? There's no promise. There's no potential. There's only what is. There's only what is. And and you know, like I said, I sit here and. This is being recorded on a laptop that a listener was kind enough to buy for me, Michael Waldbilling. I don't even know if he listens to the show anymore, but he was incredibly generous and kind. Uh, when I went to Seattle see Pearl Jam, he and I sat together for one of the shows, and he's just just a good man. He was super kind to reach out to me, and I had a great time hanging out with him. Uh, but I recorded on a laptop that he was kind enough to get for me. I'm sitting here looking at two computer monitors, uh, and I have a gaming computer that I go on Twitch every every day, and it's it was a listener, my friend Jeremy, who went ahead and made that happen. He bought one of this gaming monitor and this gaming computer. Uh, <laughs> I'm recording this on a desk that was given to me by Pat. I'm looking at bookcases that came from my friend John. There's a couch I bought from Kyle. There's a chair I got from Siegel. There's another chair I got from Pat. There's a cocktail bench. It was my ex-wife's. I'm sitting in a in a chair recording this that was given to me by a listener named Ann, uh, the panda, who's just lovely. Uh, I have benefited from everyone's kindness, and and I've never proven myself worthy of the kindness they've shown. I have as a person. I'm a good. I'm a good person when I hang out with them and I talk to them and I think. They're my friends and I love them and they love me and that's great. But I, what I mean is like, <laughs> and this is where the, the split comes in, the schism. I, I haven't accomplished anything that I said I was going to accomplish. And when I was with Shannon, she she convinced me to reposition the way I look at things. Um, the very fact that I've lived alone, you know, for eight years now. And, and been able to pay my own rent with comedy and whatever other scrambling fucking bullshit I put together. The very fact that there is even one person right now listening to this who fucking cares about anything that I'm saying is a goddamn victory. Especially when you look around and look at this. You know, I was here at Ground Zero when this shit started. I was with, with, with Jimmy and Matt and then got my own show two years uh, after that or a year and a half or whatever the fuck after I got fired. And then... I've been lucky enough that people followed me from Never Not Funny to this show and then stayed. Are there people who, you know, and look, I fully recognize there are people listening to this right now and rolling their fucking eyes. And I don't blame you. I'm not, I'm not telling you to, to, oh, poor you. I'm not telling you to be like, well, don't worry, Mike, you're a champion or or be like, fuck this guy. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And, and the very, the very fact that I even care or think about those things anymore. That's also a problem. You know what I mean? Because that's another thing that leads me when I sit down at the microphone. I'm like, oh, fuck. People aren't going to like this. People aren't going to think this is good. Or they're not. Or what do I do? Or how? And that never was the case. I used to just fucking sit down and fire away. And not even fucking think about it. But because I have become uh, consumed by so much self-doubt in my personal life. It's bled over here into my professional life. If I don't think... I'm good enough at if I think I failed, then why would anybody want to hear me? If I think, uh, I'm, I'm on a downslope of this and, and not making it work anymore and nobody should care about it. Then why should I convince people to care about it? And that's devastating 
<laughs> to, to have that thought in your fucking brain. When in reality, there's also the part of me that is like, hey, fuck that. I'm fucking hysterical. I'm the fucking talent. And people listen for a goddamn reason. There are people who have listened for fucking 12 years, 13 years, 14 fucking years. People who saw me live five times. People who there's a reason. There's a fucking reason. There's a listener named Lewis who sent me money. He's very kind. He sent me a PayPal thing. And then he sent me a eight paragraph note <laughs> basically saying that he knew uh, he knew who I was because he he was very much like me and explaining the issues that he went through and how he dealt with them. And, and I love it. I mean, I, I, any advice, anybody who reaches out, anybody who takes any sort of time to care for me, uh, it's the best. So listener, Michael, uh, in Boston who, you know, I've apologized to him profusely because I don't answer his texts or whatever the fuck. And then he's just like, just don't ever, you don't ever have to worry about that. You know, and, and, uh, we're very much alike, you know, and, 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 and Jesus Christ, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm glad for you. I hope we're not as much alike and you're not, you're not a prisoner of your own fucking skull. Like I am half the goddamn time. And, and, and it's look, it's not that bad. All right. I, again, I cannot stress enough. I am not this, this fucking boohoo dumb fuck. I'm, I'm really not, but I'm trying to, to tell you realistically what my head is like these days. And, and I'm, I'm scrambling. I am fucking scrambling, trying to make sense of it for myself and trying to write the ship and, and just be funny, just be fucking funny. You know what I mean? I, I, cause again, it's, it's not even like I haven't done anything. There's stuff to tell you about. Like I said, well, I'll, I'll just finish telling you about Thanksgiving. I, I, so I, I reached, you know, Pat, he was alone. I said, come over. And, uh, we got there, you know, I got there at like two in the afternoon and dinner was in the oven. It was just, it's you look, if anybody's listened to the show for any length of time, you know what Thanksgiving means to me. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, it's just, it just, it was this holiday when I, you know, I, well, fuck you. I know why not fuck you. Fuck me. Uh, I know why. And I've explained before, uh, in the smells like Thursday episode, you know, when I was a kid, uh, and this is, believe me, this is some bullshit that I've thought about over and over too. You know, my, my, I tell you stories about what happened when I was a kid and then they're funny, you know, Mr. Magic and all that shit and uh, you know, all sorts of nonsense. Um, but if you sit and you think about it, man, it was fucked. <laughs> and, and I'm coming to that realization now and I'm, I'm becoming resentful about some things, whatever the fuck doesn't matter. Uh, so that, that also then rears its ugly head when I try to think, but, but the reason Thanksgiving was so important to me was because it was one of the few times in my, in being a kid that I knew my day was going to have love in it and love to me meant food and my family and my aunt and a nice house, you know, we would, we would get up from our three people in a bedroom where we lived and, uh, and we would get ready and we'd go to my aunt's house and, uh, it would just be, you'd walk in and it, it was warm. First of all, the, the, the warmth of the house and their Christmas tree was already up. And, you know, my cousins would, 
they were happy to see us and the food was cooking. It smelled amazing. And my aunt was there and then other people would come and it was just this huge outpouring of love and camaraderie. And it, it was, I was thirsting for it. You know, again, I don't, I didn't know it then. Okay. But as I'm older, I look back and I realized I, I was, I was a dried out fucking husk, a sponge, you know, most of the year for that kind of thing. And that, and then when I would show up on Thanksgiving, I would just, I would soak it all up and in. It was important to me because I felt loved and I felt normal. And I think I verbalized that in the smells like Thursday episode when I, you know, I went to bed and then I woke up and then, and the house was just, my wife wasn't even home and nothing was cooking. And it was like three in the afternoon. And I was just like, what the fuck, man, this isn't even Thanksgiving. It's just fucking Thursday. It just, it just smells like fucking Thursday around here. And, uh, and look, did I make it funny? I did. And because uh, it is funny, it was a funny, you know, the way I told the story and all that stuff. But 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 if you analyze it, and it's you know, and I've been doing a lot of this, sadly, uh, it was fucked. It's fucked that that should be that important to me. It's fucked that that meant that much to me because I didn't have it. So I looked so forward to getting it, and then when I didn't get it, I was like, I was a, again, I, I I reverted back to being a child. I was a child, and so. Thanksgiving is a big deal to me. And so to have Pat come over and, and we went to Lenny's house and we walked and I walked in and it was warm and, uh, and it smelled like, uh, it smelled like Thanksgiving. It smelled like family. It smelled like love. And, uh, I had, I had, you know, I brought a, uh, ridiculous amount, way too much. Uh, Lenny made Turkey and he made rutabaga, which was the thing my mom used to make mashed rutabaga and uh, mashed potatoes and gravy, and and my niece made okra, uh, t- stewed tomatoes and okra, and with the ca- roasted carrots and stuffing, and I mean, just just j- just the list alone makes my heart sing. Because again, you know my food issues as well, and I've tied up everything into those, and so that means love to me, and and so I you know I always bring too much. <laughs> it's like when I go to Pat's house to watch a movie, I'm like, Hey, you want to bring a pizza or something? He's like, no, that's fine. And in my brain, I'm like, Oh man, I, but I really want to bring a pizza. Like that would show how I appreciated coming to your house to hang out and watch a movie. Wouldn't that be cool? But I don't say that because I don't want to involve everybody else in my fucking weirdness. You know, I can't make him be happy <laughs> the way that I'm happy. He's happy with me just coming over and watching a show. He doesn't need me bringing fucking four pizzas or whatever the fuck. I mean, I have in the past. That's funny. I was like, yeah, I'm going to grab a pizza. He's like, cool. And I'll bring like two pizzas that are giant. And he's like, why did you do this? And I'm like, I, cause that's love to me in a box. I, I, I love being here and I love that you had me here and I love that we're hanging out. And so here's two giant pizzas. And, and, you know, here's another thing. Maybe it means we'll watch a couple more movies tonight. Maybe instead of just watching one movie, uh, it's because there's pizza left. We'll be able to hang out and we'll heat some pizza up later. And, and I'll stay all night here with my friend. So I'm not alone, man. I don't know. Maybe that's why. So, so I brought, uh, when I went to Lenny's house, I bought, there's a place called um, Little Jewel of New Orleans. And it's an authentic Cajun restaurant here in L.A., downtown L.A. And I got a uh, 
I was trying to decide because, look, I've decided <laughs> I've made arbitrary decisions in my life before. I at one time, uh, this is when I was working and writing on shows. I decided that a man needed to always have a hundred dollars on him at all times. You just needed a hundred dollars cash, uh, and I did. I would ca- I carried a hundred dollars cash in my wallet all the time, just in case. Now I don't know if that was just in case I was robbed. I don't know, but. I just made a decision that that's what men do. Men have to have $100 in cash on them at all times. Now, do I have any idea what men do? I don't. So that's why I'm willing to make these arbitrary decisions. Hey, men should have $100 worth of cash. You know, men should not wear hats. (laughs) You thought I forgot about the fucking hat thing, didn't you? I like hats. I don't mind hats. I don't know. Hats are fine, I suppose. Baseball hats and uh, you know what? I don't like that taxi beanie, although I got one of those. I, I own like a black leather taxi beanie hat. Perhaps I'll wear that for you one day. Oh, don't you want that? Oh, that's what people want. Oh, Mike, would you go ahead and put a taxi beanie on for us? Uh, but preferably a black leather one. Sure. Came in handy in several acting roles here in Los Angeles when I needed to wear a hat to have a character to show lack of talent. Hey, man, are you a taxi driver? How could you tell? Well, your black leather taxi beanie told me. Well, of course, it couldn't have been my pleading eyes or my desperation behind the wheel. Clearly, it was the hat that indicated to you that I was a taxi driver. I'm hired. So I decided men needed $100 at all times. Well, and now I've made another arbitrary decision uh, for men. And here's what it is. I decided that uh, for holiday meals, there needs to be a pasta course. Why? Who knows? Is my brother already making stuffing and potatoes? He is. Is he making a rutabaga, which is fairly fibrous, even though it's mashed? Of course he is. Is it starchy? It is. But do I want more starch? I do, goddammit. There needs to be a pasta course for every uh, every holiday meal. So I gave my brother a choice. I said, listen to me, what do you want? I, I'm going to... And also, <laughs> here's another decision I made. I'm not going to cook this pasta course. Now, I will tell you this. I want to, and maybe in the future I will, because here's another thing I've done in this failure of a fucking life that I have. You know, I, I have I have things, as I've told you, I have an Instant Pot. I've used it twice. I have an air fryer. It still has the plastic thing on the drawer. Uh, it sits on my counter unused, along with my bicycle and every other goddamn thing. And, and my buddy Dennis, he wrote me a note just yesterday. He's like, hey, man, it's been a month. Where's that video with the bike? And I... Part of me thinks I'm just going to have to send it back. He's going to want it back and he's going to want to give it to somebody else. And I totally get that. And, uh, and it's my own fault. You know what I mean? Uh, so either that or I could pay him for the bike, I guess. And then it's mine and I don't have to fucking get yelled at, even though he's not really yelling at me, but I, in my, I'm humiliated already that I haven't done it. And I mean, but I'm also embarrassed. I haven't done a show. So it's like, oh man, I haven't done a show and I don't ride a bike and I don't do this. And I know, I know, I know. I've covered this shit. This is why we're just resetting here. This is not a real episode. We're just resetting. Uh, I needed to get in front of a microphone and fucking do something. I needed I needed to just talk because that was another thing. I kept telling myself, as, as you know, it's got to be the best episode you've ever done. Now it has to be a gigantic episode. It needs to be five hours. It needs to be fucking huge to make up for all the bullshit you've done. And in reality, no, that can't. That'll just ensure that I, it doesn't get done. So what it has to be is it just has to be, it has to be something. And if it's me kvetching here about over and, and over all the things I've done wrong, and I don't mean to do that. And I hope I haven't ruined anything for you. And perhaps I already have, I've wasted your day. I have wasted however long this is going to wind up being, 
But uh, so am I going to cook those things? I'm not. I have, like I said, I have an instant pot I haven't used, but twice I have an air fryer I haven't used at all. Uh, I have a toaster oven I've, I've used occasionally. Uh, what else do I have? No, I don't look over. I got a Keurig, but that's only if I have like sleepover guests because I don't drink any fucking coffee. I might use it for hot chocolate because winter is coming or has arrived or whatever the fuck. What else? I have all, I have things I've, and, and so the, and the bike, I, I get stuff I don't, I don't use. And like I said, Dan texted me and he's like, Hey, you know, it's been a month, man. And now I'm going to have to write him. And part of me thinks I'm going to have to do this show in a, in a note, in a, in a, in, in an apology and just go, listen, man, I have crushing, uh, apathy and anxiety. And I, with a, with a shot glass of depression, I suppose. I don't, I don't know. Again, I don't, I can't be diagnosed. I refuse to be diagnosed. I won't let it happen, man. I'm self-diagnosed, but, but, it, but it leads me to be inert and inactive. And, and, uh, if you want your bike back, you got it. You know what I mean? It's like, I just can't, cause I can't constantly, you know, cause I lied. I mean, I said, Hey man, I'll, I guarantee you I'll do it in a week. And then I didn't because talking buys me time because talk is cheap. Words are cheap. And I got plenty of them. God damn it. So I'm, he's either going to want me to ship it to him or is he want me to ship it to the person who he said, because he said he had like people who definitely wanted it if I didn't use it. So, I mean, I guess that's who I'll have to ship it to. Uh, or part of me, like I said, is I can pay him, like I can give him half the money for the bike now and then half in like a month. I don't know. Uh, cause then I got the bike and nobody can yell at me. <laughs> that I can, I can just sit in my house and, and, and it's funny. People have, you people have made fun of me and said, Hey, is it a clothes hanger yet? Hey, is it a, is it a extension of your closet? No, man, it sits in my living room and it's beautiful and it is sleek and it is, uh, it is everything I wanted and, and I haven't used it. And I'm sorry to you and to me and to everybody. I know I'm not proud. I'm not happy about it. Does it have clothes hanging on it? No. Has it become, is it, you know, cause there used to be the running joke about you buy a treadmill and it becomes just a version of your closet. And, and, um, no man, it's a bike. It's in my, it's in my living room with the helmet and the pads I bought and every other thing. And, and I just haven't used it yet. And do I have every intention of doing so? Yes. But I also have intentions of doing this show every fucking week, which, you know, this is the reset to catch me up on the time that I've missed and it's coming out on a Tuesday and there will, and I want there to be a show on Thursday so fucking desperately. And I, you know, I, I have all these grandiose ideas of what if I did this and what if I did that? And, and, and then I don't do anything in Jesus Christ. It fucking kills me. I wish, I, I wish I could express to you in a way that doesn't make you laugh at me. How, how much it kills me to not do the things you want me to do or the thing I'm supposed to do or the thing I'm best at. I, I, I just hate myself for not doing it and not getting it done. And I, I hate myself to, that I leave myself to either open to ridicule by you guys or to genuinely worrying you and having you reach out to see if I'm okay. I don't want to worry anybody, man. Because again, I'm not going to hurt myself ever. That's another thing too. When people write me, there's always this thin patina of Jesus Christ. Are you okay? Like, are you going to, whenever, whenever they ask me if I'm okay, I always feel they think that I'm, I'm sharp and I'm razors or, uh, you know, filling a tub and plugging in a toaster. And, uh, you know, look, I'm doing all of those things, but not, not with the intent of hurting myself. 
Certainly, I'm sharpening razors, I'm plugging in a toaster, and I'm filling a bathtub. Uh, actually, that's a lie. Of those three things, what do you think I'd be least likely to do? You're goddamn right, it's fill a bathtub. Fuck, sitting in a fucking human soup, your own goddamn filth. Nobody likes a bath. Uh, but I'll plug in a toaster. I fucking love toast. I don't want to brag and I don't want to boast. Uh, that's our friend Haywood Banks. Um, so, so, but it, but it, 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 I'm ashamed that people think that they would reach out. And, and when I think they're checking on me, I think they're checking to see if I'm, you know, uh, there's probably seeing if I'm just sad, but they're also like, Hey, you're not going to, you know, jump off a fucking cliff or anything. Are you? And it's like, I'm, I'm that look, that's never going to happen. I am too much of a narcissist to ever want to kill myself. I, I mean, there's just that, you know, like there's just no way never going to, I'm never going to hurt myself. Never any of that. I'm, I'm not that far gone. I'm not, it's nothing like that. If anything, what I do is I retreat into the things that I love. Like I retreat into watching movies and I retreat into reading books. It's, uh, it's less a boo hoo. Nobody loves me. I wish I wasn't here. And more of a, Hey man, what if I got to do all of the cool things I loved when I was a kid and I never had to talk to anybody or worry about anything or I, all the things I have to worry about. I just, I just ignored them. <laughs> I hid in my apartment, hid under the coats. And it's so weird because when I leave my apartment to go pick up a trough filled with Chinese food or when I was going to the gym or anything, just that, just going outside the feel of the, of the wind in your hair. It was, it was, you know, I went on Thanksgiving, it was 74 degrees and I walked outside and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, how beautiful is this right now? How beautiful is this? And why are you buried in your house? You know, I saw, I saw a great analogy. Someone wrote about this on Twitter and, and I thought about it. And I was like, you're goddamn right. They were saying, what a shame it is as a society that when we get on an airplane, everybody immediately shuts their window shade so people can watch computers and TV. They had an announcement on their plane where people were asked to please close their window shades so people could watch their TV or their devices. And, and I, I just, man, you're, you're, you're taking for granted the fact that you are sitting in a miracle. There are clouds outside your, you're, you literally could look outside and look at the, the earth below you and the clouds and the sun and, and the miracle of this planet and life. And instead people are like, Hey, close that fucking window, man. I'm, I'm watching, uh, uh, who's the boss. You know what I mean? You you still need to see Mr. Belvedere at 35,000 feet rather than the miracle of the heavens that you're surrounded by as you hurl through the stratosphere at top speed to go ignore people or do other things that probably aren't nearly as important. It's a fucking shame. So, uh, and, what, and what the fuck do I know? I close my shade to and go to sleep. But if I'm not sleeping, I open my shade and I look outside. And I look down at the earth and I can't believe everything is so square. Why is everything so parceled in squares? That was really shocking. The first time I ever got on a plane. First time I was ever on a plane, I flew from Chicago to Los Angeles. It's when I left home. September 27th, 1986. It was my first plane ride ever. And I remember looking down and, and seeing that everything was in grids. 
and square. Like, I guess I just thought, you know, because when you're walking, there's just trees and streets and, and everything is sprawling. But on, on from from a plane, it's all so neatly arranged. It, it throws you the first time you see it. So I, I don't, uh, whatever. I don't want people to think that, that you know, there's going to be hurting. I'm not going to hurt myself or anything like that. If anything, I'm just going to hide. I'm going to, I'm going to watch Michael Clayton for the 15th time <laughs> or the prestige for the eighth time or watch fight club for the 50th time, you know, just, just oceans 11. Just, I, I like to lose myself in brilliance. I like to find comfort in the things that I love. And, you know, there's no person that I love right now. There's no person to spend a life with. So I spend a life with the things that I love, external things. Cooking shows and sports and movies and books. And, and, and believe me, I love it. If I, you know what? It's so funny. I always joke about, oh, man, I got all my money tied up in the lottery. We'll see what happens. That's my retirement plan. <laughs> and if, uh, you know, by some ridiculous miracle, you wind up winning the lottery, what would you do? And I'm like, well, I would travel. But also I would buy a really nice house and probably Howard Hughes the fuck out of it. I would probably just just be the the you know, I've said before there's no greater gift in the world than being paid for the privilege of being yourself. When you when you get paid to be yourself, like you guys are kind enough on Patreon and stuff like that, sending me money just to be myself is is it's the greatest gift you'll ever receive. Because you don't have to be fake or phony and you don't have to try anything, uh extend yourself in some weird way where you're like tap dancing as fast as you can I'm so unbelievably grateful that anybody gives me dime fucking one to be me you know it's it's a it's a crazy thing but also there's something to be said for uh if you were to have all of the money in the world and you just got to do what you wanted and if what you wanted to do was nothing and I feel that there's still some sort of problem with that. Like, I'm going to have to talk to a therapist about that. But honestly, people were like, oh, man, what would you do? And I'm like, you know, I'd love to travel. There's places I haven't been. I've never been to Europe. There's places I want to go. I want to see castles that have been around since the fucking 1800s. And I want to walk on cobblestone streets. And, and I want to eat meat pies under Sweeney Todd's fucking shop. And I want to go to Germany and Ireland. And I want to go all over the goddamn place, man. I do. And then... I don't also, I, 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 I also don't want to go anywhere ever, ever. I, I want to, I just want to watch shows and read about baseball and read books and, uh, and, and hide from the fucking world. It's such, you know, I, I've talked about wanting to be a spy and I still have that in me. I love like right now I'm recording this and all of my blinds are closed and it's dark in my apartment and pretty soon people are going to start milling about outside and they can't hear me. They don't know that I'm awake. I, you know what I love? I love like two, three, four in the morning when I hear somebody outside or walking around and they don't know that I'm, you know, my lights are out or whatever and they don't know that I'm listening or that I can hear them. I love being a spy. God damn it. It's so strange. So I've decided that, uh, that there needs to be a pasta course for every holiday meal. I don't know why I've decided this, but I have. So I asked Lenny. I gave him a choice. I said, look, man, I, I could go. Because like I said, I don't want to cook anything. Part of me wants to cook stuff, but part of me is just like, are you fucking insane? Like I made meatballs uh, two years ago to bring to Lenny's for Thanksgiving, and I dried them out. 
and I was so fucking bummed. I was so bummed. It's a fantastic recipe, amazing tomato sauce. And just and I dried them out. And I was so mad at myself. God damn it! I was furious because you know I don't do it nearly enough. So then when I do make the effort, and it's a lot, you know, it's it's a lot of effort, man. There's pork and fucking veal, and there's all sorts of stuff, and and then I fuck them up, and then you're just like, God damn it! You know what I mean? And, uh, and it's another thing that'll knock your dick in the dirt where you're just like, oh, you know, I, now I make an effort and I fuck it up and look at this and they're going to judge me and they're going to probably not want me to do this again. Ugh, it is so fucking exhausting. So, uh, so I gave Lenny the choice. I'm like, all right, buddy. I said, uh, I'm going to go get a tray of spaghetti and meatballs from Maggiano's, uh, or there's a place in, uh, in, in downtown where I can get uh Cajun, crawfish macaroni and cheese with shrimp and andouille sausage and he looked at me like i was insane like i was insane that i would even present a choice and he looks at me and he goes are you serious i go yeah just you got to tell me which one and he goes yeah that the fucking macaroni and cheese like instantly and i go okay i go i just want to make sure uh and then and so i called them up and this is again this is a fucking dance they have a thing on their site. They're like, hey, we have a great menu. And then like, hey, we also do catering. So contact us about catering. So, you know, Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. So I get a hold of them on a Saturday. I'm like, hey, I just need to know. You know, I was on the website and it says you do catering. So what I wanted, I just want to get a tray of macaroni and cheese. And they're like, and the guy's like, oh, okay, well, that's no problem. Uh, you know, what are you looking for? And I says, well, I don't, you know, I just need a tray. Like, what do you guys do? He goes, well, we don't usually do it like that. We, uh, you know, we'll, 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 do is we'll make a tray and we'll give you heating instructions and you'll just take it home. And you'll be able to cook it. I go, oh, okay, well, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I go, when should I order it? He goes, well, we're closed on Thursday. I says, great, Wednesday? Uh, he goes, and I, I said, I want to get it in ahead of time. And he goes, well, do us a favor. He goes, we're closed Monday, but send us an email on Monday because Tuesday will be too late. He goes, but if you email us on Monday, we'll have it and then it'll be ready for you on Wednesday. What time did you want to come? And I go, let me figure it out and I'll let you know. So uh, I did a little thinking, a little, uh, I was like, all right, we do this, go here, do that. So Sunday I said, you know what? I'm going to call them because I, I look, the last fucking thing I want to do is send an email and then it doesn't go through. And then Wednesday you show up and they're like, what are you talking about? I don't know. Fuck that. So I'm going to talk to a human being, right? So I call up on Sunday and I get a different person on the phone. I said, hi, I called yesterday. I wanted to talk about getting a tray of macaroni and cheese this week on Wednesday. Uh, and they said, oh. Well, we don't really do that. I said, okay. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I did call yesterday and uh, I spoke to somebody and they said, you, know, you have catering on your website. And they said, yeah, uh, well, you know, catering, you would have to get a whole meal. It's not just, we don't just do a one individual side. I said, okay. And now, and again, this is what I say when I say I had no rage. Like in the old days, in the old days, I would have taken a flamethrower to that phone call. Uh, but instead I just, I, I did this thing. Here's what I did folks. I actually thought like I used my head and I went, Oh, okay. Um, and I, I didn't get mad (laughs) and I went, well, listen, I did speak to somebody yesterday and they told me that you guys, you'll do it. You'll do a tray of macaroni and cheese and that you'll give me heating instructions and I can pick it up on Wednesday at some point. They said, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, the. Uh, because here's the thing, individual mac and cheeses are, are 16 bucks or 15 bucks. Okay. And they also have, they have a regular, just crawfish mac and cheese. And then they have crawfish mac and cheese with shrimp and andouille sausage, as I mentioned, which is, you know, I'm, if you're getting it, get the Cadillac, 
I'm not settling for the Buick of macaroni and cheese. I want a fucking Cadillac, goddammit. Uh, but in this instance, we're, I'm getting nothing because she's telling me they don't do it. I said, okay. I said, uh, she goes, what you'd probably have to do, you know, because uh, here's the thing. When you do catering, you got to get a whole full meal. And also, it's a minimum 10 orders. And I went, what? She said, it's a minimum 10 orders of the mac and cheese. I said, so wait a minute. So it's a minimum $160 just for the mac and cheese. And then, but I also have to buy a whole meal around it. She goes, that's, that's what catering is. Yeah, that's how we handle it. I go, all right. I go, can I just, can I just buy five individual macaroni and cheeses? She goes, pardon me? I said, yeah, I would just, what if I just bought five individual macaroni and cheeses? Like how much is that going to run me? She goes, well, I don't know if we would do that because you said you want it for Thursday. And I said, yeah, but I'd pick it up Wednesday. I'll just put it in my fridge. She said, huh? You know what? I don't think we do that. Cause like I said, there has to be a 10 order minimum. Let me check. And she puts me on hold. And again, like I said, in the old days, I would have just, cause I, cause this, this lives inside me still. Uh, I would have been like, well, all right, well, if you don't want my money, I'm, I'm happy to walk away. I don't need to buy a hundred dollars worth of noodles, folks. You know what I mean? I could fucking split. And also Maggiano's, the siren song of Maggiano's is calling me, but there's $60 tray of spaghetti, uh, and meatballs. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to, to, change the fucking world here. I mean, I talked to a guy the fucking day before, right? But I didn't get this man on the phone because in my brain, I'm like, well, this is going to get fixed. Or if it doesn't get fixed, you know what? I'll just get spaghetti. I mean, it doesn't, it wasn't that important to me. And it's weird because in the old days, even as recently as a month ago or whatever, this in, in it it flashes, it just, it flashes, but it's sometimes things are devastatingly important to me. And what I don't like is talking to somebody on Saturday and everything's fine. And then you talk Sunday and it's a completely different thing. Like it's a, like it's a whole new restaurant. Like they changed all the fucking rules. It's so weird. And so now I'm mad now as I tell you about it, but in the moment, I assure you, I I was, I was fucking completely Zen about it. I'm like, all right, woman, if they don't want my money, who fucking cares? Right. She put me on hold and she comes back and she's like, uh, oh, she goes, well, here's what we can do. She goes, yeah, we can do the, the five orders. Um, you know, but, but you can, but you'd have to pick them up on Wednesday. I said, yeah, I, that's fine. I, you know, I, I, I know you're closed Thursday. She goes, okay, well, what time did you want to come in? I said, I don't know, like one in the afternoon. She goes, great. I said, uh, let me ask you this, you know, because I'm getting five individual orders. She goes, well, let me ask you this. Did you want to get the crawfish? Because we also have uh deluxe crawfish, which also has shrimp and andouille sausage. I go, yes, absolutely. That's the one I want. I go, I, I, there's I want there's no question I want the one with the shrimp and the andouille sausages oh yeah it's so good you're really gonna like it I said great that's terrific she goes okay so you need what five individual orders of that and then uh the, with the deluxe crawfish mac and cheese I go let me ask you this is there a way uh that you could put this in a tray for me and she says what do you mean and I said well like I I don't need five individual orders you know I'm bringing it to my family's house and then we would present it in a way where, you know, everybody could family style it. I don't, it's not everybody's going to get their own bowl of mac and cheese. And she goes, oh, yeah, we can do that. She goes, we'll do that. And then we'll just give you a, a you know, a, a, um, a direction sheet that tells you how to reheat it. <laughs> and I mean, folks, what, what I, I said that when I call, I, you know, that's the guy told me on Saturday. And then I told her I spoke to somebody yesterday and they, they assured me that they would put it in a tray and I could, and she's like, oh, no, we don't do that. No, no, you got to get 10 orders. Okay. Um, 
But all right, but they said they put it in a tray for me and give me like heating directions. Yeah, no, we don't. You got to buy a whole meal to do that. And then somehow she comes around to, oh, yeah, of course we can do that. Like it was, it was, I don't know if I Jedi mind tricked her or, you know what it was? It was like this, the, the fucking scene in five easy pieces where he tries to get the sandwich. He's like, you know, I just want toast. And she's like, well, you got to, you can't, we got to have any toast. He's like, just toast the bread. And I want you to hold it between your knees. Like that's what I, I felt like saying on the phone, but I was never mad. Like I was never upset about it. It was, it was kind of amusing and humorous to me that she somehow, like I said, when I say Jedi mind tricked. I, I don't even think it was me. I think she talked herself into doing what I wanted her to do. I don't know why she was so obstinate in the beginning of the call. And then it turned into, yeah, of course we do that. Oh yeah, of course we'll put it in a tray and then we'll give you, well, here, here's what we'll do. What if we gave you a sheet with instructions on how to reheat it? Oh, would you do that? <laughs> All right. That sounds like a fantastic thing. I appreciate you. Why look at you coming up with solutions where there once were problems. I appreciate you stepping up for me, ma'am. Thank you. And I never got mad or I never got shitty with her on the phone. Like I never, I never got, you know, because normally, like I said, I would just go, okay, well, forget it. You don't want my hundred bucks, click, whatever the fuck. Uh, but instead we just, we talked it out. And, uh, and so that's what I, that was my plan to bring on, on Thanksgiving. And then unfortunately Wednesday I was tied up. So Lenny actually went downtown and picked it up and he, he kept it in his fridge. And like I said, so we go over there on, I go over there on, on Thursday for Thanksgiving and, and. I walk in and it just, it just smells so good. The whole house, Lenny's got a turkey going. There's appetizers out. There's Lenny made a homemade tzatziki with crackers. There was, I think I told you when I was a kid, we would, we'd have celery stuffed with cream cheese and then buried in paprika. That was like a, a thing we had and it said holidays. It wasn't anything we had normally. It was a holiday relish tray item. So those are out chicken and a biscuit crackers, like all these things. That I'm that I'm sure sound like white trash accoutrement, but for me they are absolutely associated with the holidays and and my childhood. And so to walk in and see the celery stuffed cream cheese with paprika and see chicken and a biscuit crackers, and then like a relish tray with peppers and stuff to dunk into that homemade tzatziki, and and then and the football game was on, and I hugged my nieces. And, uh, you know, there was, I, I had a soda and we, and just my niece baked, she made a, uh, a lemon meringue pie homemade. She made, she had asked me like a month ago, she's like, what do you want? What, what would you want? I go, you know, I don't, it, cause I'm not captain dessert. You know what I mean? Whatever she makes is, she makes a Snickers pie. She makes amazing things. She, and from scratch, she's a baker. And so she said, uh, well, what do you, what would you like? And I said, I don't. And we were talking and I said, you know what I would like, honestly, Cause I watch a ton of baking shows and I said, you know what? I never get. And it's one of my favorite things in the world pear. And she goes, Ooh, I said, yeah, I said, uh, because it wouldn't be too sweet. Just some kind of pear dessert, like a pear galette or a pear tart or a pear cake, anything I go. And she's like, well, keep an eye out. If you see something that you like, go ahead and send it to me. And I said, all right, you know what? I'll do that. I go. So I did. I sent her like a pear, pear, cranberry, pie. There was a pear cake. I saw like a pineapple upside down cake, but with pears. And, uh, and when I went to the house that day, she goes, look, I didn't make that pie. She goes, but I made a pear galette and she took the foil off of it. And it was, it was beautiful. It was like this scalloped crust and the pear was fanned out and it was, it was so gorgeous, man. And like I said, she made a, a, uh, a lemon meringue pie. She made a, 
there was a third dessert too. I, I don't even remember what the fuck it was. I didn't need it. You know what I mean? It was one of those things where like I got, I had the paragalette that was fine and some lemon meringue. Uh, but that was homemade. And then it just, it just, I associate all of that with love. I associate all of that with being cared for. And the fact that Pat got to come over and, and Pat is so good with his own kids you know, and, and so he fell right in with, with my nieces joking and being silly. And, and we all were, and, uh, we hung out and laughed and goofed around and then it was time for dinner and dinner was, and Pat loved it. And it was amazing because also that's, that's another indicator of love for me is sharing these things. Like I said, when I bring pizza to his house or whatever, like it was very important to me that he liked the dinner. And I felt mad because he has a condition like he has a, you know, a thing where he doesn't, he can't eat seeds and nuts. And I forgot to tell Anna that when she was baking, but it turned out that she didn't make anything that had, you know, nuts and stuff in it anyway. But I felt, I felt so awful when he told me, he reminded me and I'm like, oh fuck, I didn't tell her. And he goes, well, don't worry about it. I'll find something. And I go, yeah, I know, but I should have, I should have taken care to know this. And, and then I get angry at myself that I, I, I didn't think enough of my friend to remember that. And then he's like, why would you remember that? It doesn't, it's, it's please give yourself a break. But I find myself more and more and more killing myself over the smallest things. And I I recognize what that is. That's, that's because you haven't taken care of the big things. So then you're mad at yourself because the little things that are totally within your control, if you, if you screw those up, then you're just a complete fucking failure. Uh, (laughs) And, and I, I know I'm not, I know. Okay. And also look, man, uh, I'm not going to apologize for this show, but I, I recognize that it isn't what you were hoping for or expecting. All right. Probably the eighth time I've said that during this broadcast, cause I'm, uh, I'm self-conscious about being late. I'm self-conscious about losing you and disappointing you. Uh, and I'm, and I'm also not saying these things. You'll go poor Mike, boo hoo. We like this show. I, I if you fucking hate it, you hate it. There's nothing I can do about it. It's, it's, I'm committed to it. And it's, this is my reset to show you, to kind of give you a peek into what's been going on in my head. Uh, and I know I do this every show and, and I can assure you this, the next show I do will not be this crazy brain matter torn asunder. Hey, what the fuck is wrong with Mike show? I, cause, cause I'm as bored of them as you are. I'm, I'm extremely bored, not being me or not, not being who I, who I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? Just this thing where I'm extremely bored, killing myself over this stuff. I don't like it. And I don't like sharing it with you, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to just fucking exercise this demon for, for once and for all right now so I can move past it and talk about other fucking cool things and at least and get mad about fucking, you know, shows and movies and fucking whatever. And then also try to build a life that I can be proud of telling you about again. That would be pretty fucking cool. So Pat came over and we hung out and it was just fantastic. It was just, it was the absolute best. And then, uh, and then Pat had to split and then I hung out. It was that, you know, and you know, also this is, everybody knows this, you know, you're there, you have your dessert and then we hung out and then, you know, two and a half hours later you heat up leftovers or you make a turkey sandwich. 
I I love that <laughs> this weird camaraderie feeling of just hey man help yourself hey everything here is yours it's ours it's everybody's just enjoy it I I I I I cherished not being alone that day and look I'm not alone in the sense of boo hoo I'm sad because I like being alone but that day I could not be alone. I wanted. I watched a movie. Lenny and I hung out. We watched a movie. I made him watch a movie. My trainer had told me about it, a movie called Den of Thieves uh, starring Gerard Butler. And when I watched it, I watched it by myself at my house. And I was shocked because Gerard Butler looks like my brother. He even acts like Lenny. Like he, he touches his face like Lenny. He does these. He's just a fucking, not like he's a jagoff. Lenny's not really a jagoff. But he's just charismatic, and you like him, but he's also a fucking bad guy. He's just a bad cop and whatever. Um, but I, we were sitting there, and I go, hey, look, would you watch a movie? And he's like, yeah. And so we we threw it on. And I here's the thing is I showed, first I showed a picture of Gerard Butler from it to my nieces. And I said, hey, uh, who's this look like? And they go, it looks like you and your brothers. He go, it actually looks like dad. I said, okay, good. I'm, as long as you know I'm not nuts. I go, but his forehead, right? His forehead and his face. And they go, oh, yeah. And I said, okay, look, he's in a movie. And I, I literally, when I watched it at my house, I had to get up from the couch and move her to a chair so I could see a different angle to make sure I wasn't insane. Uh, he just had mannerisms and stuff. And he just, he generally just walked around and did things. It was, uh, it was great. It was, it was wild. So I made them watch it. And it's funny. I'll say sometimes, oh, this person looks like that person. And I, I'm, you know, I think I'm pretty good at it. I've been told whatever Max is an artist and Max sees people's real face shapes or whatever. He's like, nah, man, you're not even close, not even close. And that's frustrating sometimes. Um, so it was nice to have somebody see what I was talking about. And then we watched, you know, there's an opening scene where he has to break into his own house and it, just to see my nieces like reach out and t- grab each other's arm and be like, Oh my God, no, they're like, dad, Oh my God, that's so you. And, uh, and I felt incredibly justified. And then we watched the whole movie and it was totally fun and I felt great. And I had a fantastic Thanksgiving and I actually, in my brain, I'm like, you know what? I should go home and record after this. Well, you know, when I get out of here and I got home at like one, one in the morning or one thirty, and, uh, and I, I'm not even joking. I was like, well, you've waited this long. And you know, also people don't want to hear about your fucking Thanksgiving because they all had Thanksgiving too. What are you gonna do? Just run down your menu, Jesus Christ. And, um, and yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run down my menu and tell you who I saw and what I did. And I built a career on sharing my experiences with you. And I don't know why I have all of a sudden decided that none of my experiences are worth sharing. It is a phenomenon that I cannot explain. I do not know why I have somehow, for some reason, talked myself out of being interesting. It's crazy. (laughs) <laughs> it is so fucking bizarre to me that and and I and I know it's just like I said it's it's being my age and it's it's you know like I said hey man I got no insurance and taxes and it's it's real life grown up adult stuff and the walls are kind of closing in a little bit you know what I mean and so I see those things happening and I don't know I don't know exactly what's going to to take place and I find myself in, in, you know, you've heard of fight or flight mode. I was in fight mode for almost 50 years. 
uh, I would say I was in fight mode for, for over 50 years. And now I've been in flight mode for two. Since the pandemic started, I've just, I've just run away from life. I've run away from taking responsibility for myself and what I look like and how I feel. And, and it's, I've abdicated any sort of discipline or control and just went, ah, fuck it. And I look, I've told you this on other shows, you know, I'm not telling anything I haven't told you already. And I'm not looking for any sort of sympathy or empathy because I know you guys have all of your own issues and all of your own problems. I, I know people, whether you're sick or somebody you know is sick or your family is sick or you're having job problems or you've got to go back. I, I, I will say this too. I find myself overwhelmed by those things. You know, there's, there's a listener whose father just passed away. Another listener who found themselves kind of teetering on the precipice and, and not sure if they were going to, uh, you know, get through another month. And, um, I've had listeners reach out to me and they, they, they have family issues. They have these, other, and I, and I, you know, I, I do what I can to talk to them or to tell them it's going to be okay. Or, you know, because you, you want to, you want to make sure people know that they're cared for. You want to make sure that you that people know they're not just shouting out into a void, you know, and these are people who have spent years of their lives being kind to me. So the least I can do is is return the favor when it when the opportunity presents itself. And look, would would they also be happier if I was doing a show every week? Probably. <laughs> I can't I can't lie that I I've disappointed people who are hoping to hear uh, this show every week, and and I was there. I was a constant in a lot of people's lives for a decade, and I've backslid, and it embarrasses me, and it leaves me wanting and and i you know i've apologized and talk is cheap and i've given you words that meant and that meant nothing like i said my friend ken reached out over the weekend and i i said oh tomorrow for sure and now here we are three days later and uh you know i i just it just feels terrible you know i don't i don't mean to be this way and i would love to fix it and like I've said in the beginning of this, I, I've I've always been able to rage through these sorts of things. I've always been able to get mad and just fucking put my head down and be a shark and just fucking rampage it. You know what I mean? Whether it was at the last fucking minute or not, I was able to go ahead and go, you know what? Fuck this. I'm doing this. And uh, my car won't turn over. It's it's a whole lot of... I'm, like, I'm, I'm ready to get in the race. I, I, and the times when I'm ready to do it, I turn the key and there's nothing there. There's nothing inside me. There's no urgency. There's no rage. There's no, it's just, it's, it's resignation. I'm filled with shrugs and, and I don't, I don't know how to combat that. I don't know. I'm trying now, am I going to have to get help? Probably, I would think so. Um, but, but, you know, I, like I said, I'd love to go see somebody or talk to somebody. But again, that's going to cost money. And again, I don't have any insurance. I don't know what's going to happen with the taxes. I don't know what's happening. I don't even, 
you know, I gotta, I gotta pay, I gotta ship a bike back to a guy. You know what I mean? I don't know what the fuck is happening. Uh, you know, and then I, and I hear you out there now. You're just like, oh, you won't get therapy, but you bought a hundred dollars worth of fucking noodles. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. All right, I don't make the best decisions in the fucking world. Uh, and, and but also in the old days, like that shit wouldn't have bothered me. I wouldn't give a fuck that you felt that way or you judged me or you thought that way or or. And also, you probably didn't judge me. Nobody out there judged me. Did I judge myself with that? Maybe was I projecting? Possibly. I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. All, all I know is people are so nice. Like I, I, a listener named Cindy reached out and she's like, hey, are you like, what's going on? Are you all right? And and I was, she was reaching out because she sent me a, a fucking package last year to my P.O. box and it just got sent back to her house like nine months later. I never I never received it. And I'm like, because, again, the you know, the post office is all fucked up. We know this, right? Uh, but it, so she and I actually talked. No, we didn't talk. We, we talked on online one night just back and forth about her life and her job, you know, because I see stuff on Facebook and, and we just touched base and then and then. And then we both were kind of bewildered about the state of the world for a while, you know, wondering why it is the way it is. And, you know, I, I wonder why I am the way I am. And, I, and I've done a lot of that. Like I've tried, I've tried to analyze and figure a ton of stuff out. You know, am I good at it anymore? No. Am I trying? Yeah. You have to try to understand. So November 1st was supposed to be the, uh, the relaunch, the reboot. And, uh, you know, it was a Monday, it was the first of the month. I was like, you can't argue with that. And then, uh, what did I do? Well, I, I got to the gym and no chocolate and no chips and no garbage. And, uh, and I lifted hard. Uh, I could only lift three days a week. Cause again, John, well, I mean, look with John, I mean, I could lift on my own if I wanted, but, but I did cardio and, uh, I, I did cardio at my, at the gym that I go to with John and and then I also went to the gym by my house that I'm a member of, which I got to be honest with you, man, that sucked because my gym that I go to with John, everybody's been tested, everybody's been vaccinated, so I don't sweat it. I just go there and I work out. But my gym by my house has a rule. The first day I went to go to cardio, I jump on the machine and I took my mask off and I'm running and nobody said anything. And then the next day I walked in. And I accidentally, I forgot my mask. I was holding it in my hand. I do that a lot. I'll walk with my mask all the way to the door and then I'll put it on right when I go into a place. Because in LA, you got to wear a mask. You just have to. And that's fine. So I, I forgot to, and I walked in and the guy goes, oh man, you, you sir, you got to have a mask on when you're, I go, oh Jesus, I got it right here. I forgot. And I put it on and, you know, you scanned my whatever few fucking code and I went and found a treadmill and I got on it and I started to run and, uh, I took my mask off and I put my earbuds in and, uh. I was running for about 90 seconds and a dude comes, the guy from the desk comes walking over and he goes, uh, he points at me and he goes, sir, sir. And I have my earbuds in and he points it into a mask. I go, what's up? And he goes, you got to put your mask on. I go, even when I'm working out, he goes, yeah, you do. It's just, it's just the rules. And I said, all right. So I put it on. And uh, again, like I said, I'm not trying to be a dick. All right. I'm not trying to fucking. I know the rules apply to everybody and whatever the fuck. That's fine. I, did, I didn't think the rules didn't apply to me. But the day before I had come in there and I, I was running and nobody said anything when I took my mask off. But these guys were on top of it. And uh, and again, I get it and I understand it and that's fine. But I'll tell you what, I'm on the treadmill and I'm, I'm running and uh, and by run, I'm not really running, but I'm ru- I'm walking at a pretty good clip and uh, and I'm start pouring sweat and it soaks my fucking mask. 
So now I got sweat all over my face. My mask is sweaty and I'm sweating. Look, I'm sweating inside the mask, which is one thing. But what's worse is like my sweat is running off of my forehead and my cheeks and it's soaking my fucking mask. So my mask is, you could wring my, by the time I was done, I did two miles. And by the time I was done, you could wring my mask out. And by the way, yes, I know two miles isn't a big deal, but here's the way it worked. The first week I did one mile a day. I went and lifted. And did one mile in addition to lifting, but then on the days I didn't lift, I went to the gym and I did a mile of cardio. No chocolate. Uh, I went shopping. (laughs) I bought like ham and cheese. I bought eggs. I bought uh, yogurt. I bought vegetables and shit to have in my house. You know, if real food. So then the second week, I bumped it up to two miles a day, and uh, and I was and I felt pretty goddamn good. I was splitting it when I went to lift. I'd go to a mile before we lifted. I'd lift hard for like 90 minutes. And then I did the other mile before I split and I started to feel fucking great. Uh, I started, I was sore, but I had calluses getting developed on my hands again. I just, I just felt I'm so much better when I'm doing that. And I know it, you know what I mean? I, I just, it just, and it gives me purpose. It gives me a purpose to get up in the fucking morning and go do this. And like I said, the, the whole plan was, was that was the relaunch. That was the, everything was going to be fixed, not fixed, but it was a good way to get started. And then, uh, (laughs) I worked out hard with John and this was, um, on a Wednesday or a Thursday. I forget. It was the second week, uh, might've been Wednesday and I worked out and I went that night with my friend Pat, we went to a movie in Woodland Hills. And uh, I don't know if you know this. If you, have you ever seen Rocky Four? All right. So Rocky Four is uh, it's a movie where Rocky, uh, played by Sylvester Stallone, if you don't know who the character is, he's he's fighting a big Russian guy named Drago. All right. So Pat, uh, he, he had texted me like about a month and a half ago. And he's like, dude, Stallone recut Rocky Four. They're putting it in a theater for one night only. Would you want to go? I said, fuck yes. So he's like, dude, you got to watch Rocky Four. You got to watch it before we go. I said, yeah, no problem. And every day he would text me and be like, you got to watch it. I watched it. You got to watch it. And I'm like, yeah. But what I like to do is I like like the day we're going on a Thursday night, okay, to go see this thing, which is great. Uh, so what I usually would do is on Thursday morning, I would watch it. So it's as fresh in my mind as it possibly can be. I don't want to watch it a week before and forget. And I'll never forget. I know. But I like to do it that way where I put them together. Okay. So he kept texting me and texting me. So finally that week, Tuesday, I was in my house and I was like, fuck it. I'll watch Rocky Four. So I threw on Rocky Four. And uh, if you haven't seen it in a while, here's the thing. I remember I remember it was a punchline because I remember there was a robot that hung out with Paulie. Uh, and I remember at the end when Stallone solves the Cold War. He ends the Cold War by winning a fight. Now, he doesn't win in a fight. Well, I, spoiler alert, whatever the fuck. <laughs> he wins a fucking fight. I mean, it's Rocky. What the fuck? So he uh, he spoiled, he ended the Cold War. And it was just this huge, ridiculous punchline that all the people in, in Russia were chanting Rocky's name. This is in 1985, never in a million fucking years. They hated us as much as we hated them. Now we now know that we only hated them because our leaders told us to hate each other, whatever the fuck. So, uh, so I watched it and, uh, look, is the robot stupid? It is. Are there three separate minimum four minute montages that are all music? Yes. One with Robert Tepper's There's No Easy Way Out, one with uh, James Brown's Living in America, and one with Burning Heart by Survivor. 
uh, literally all three songs play in their entirety at three separate times in the movie for montages. And uh, the movie itself is only like an hour and 35 minutes. It's super lean. And it starts out where, you know, Drago's going to come to America and then Apollo's going to fight Drago and then Rocky's going to fight Drago in Russia and then credits. Like, I mean, it, it literally flies that quickly. So I watched the original Rocky Four. Like I said, remembering it was a punchline, remembering it was stupid because of the Cold War thing and the robot. And uh, I got to be honest, I liked it more than I than I thought I would. I I actually found myself going, you know what? I I'm not mad at this. Like I, it made me want to watch all the Rockies in a row. And uh, were the stupid things still stupid? Yes, but I was like, you know what? The fact that it's ninety minutes, it's lean. It works for it. It's there's no real fat here. Now, are there things you could change? Clearly, there are things you could change. But but I don't. I think Stallone's good in it. I think Talia Shire does a good job. I think Burt Young does a good job, even though he's terrible as Paulie because you hate Paulie. Drago, Brigitte Nielsen does a decent job. She has one really good scene. Uh, Apollo's fucking Apollo. I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm on board with this. I, even at 90 minutes, I thought that really worked in its favor because it didn't give him time to jerk off. You know what I mean? Where you could do a bunch of dumb things. So uh, so I texted Pat and I'm like, dude, I uh, actually liked this movie a lot more than I remember. And he goes, so did I. And I'm like, what? And it turns out we both felt the same way. So then we were really excited to go for the movie. So we get to the theater. I went by his house and uh, it was packed, fucking packed house theater. Now, I've, I've been to some movies since everything's gotten kind of back to normal. There's never been more than 15 people in a movie theater. It just it's just something where people just aren't going to the movies. They're just avoiding it. And and which is fine with me. I don't give a fuck because I'm there and I'm happy. But this one was completely packed, not an empty seat. And beforehand, there was a closed circuit like uh, Q&A with Stallone. And he was in he was in Philadelphia in front of a live audience. And they asked him questions and they're like, hey, what's up with the robot? And he's like, it's gone. They're like, what? He's like, yeah, he goes, uh, you know, I, I watched this movie a couple of months or a couple of years ago or whatever. And he's like, uh, I, I, you know what? I, I did this wrong. I did, I did Talia Shire's character wrong. And I think she and Rocky needed to be, I wanted to retell this story the way I wanted to tell it. He goes, man, it was the eighties. All right. You did montages. You did things. They were supposed to be comic relief. He goes, all of those things factored into my decisions. He goes, but now seeing it, I, uh, I've grown, I've matured, and I I think I could make it better. And I hope you think I did. And they asked him questions about, you know, what's next? Will there be others? Whatever, all that stuff. But it was fun. It was a Q&A. They start the movie. And I will tell you this. The movie comes in again right around, they might have added like eight minutes of footage. But in reality, he added like 30 minutes of footage, and he took out like 30 minutes of footage. The, and the robot is completely gone. And uh, so we watch it, and the whole crowd's there. We're cheering. Everybody's kind of clapping. It was really fun. But but dudes, he actually made it better. Like, you wouldn't think he would or could, but he did. He made it fucking better because he made Drago kind of more of a real character. Even by only giving him another, like, four, five minutes of screen time, you can see that he's looking at Rocky kind of with respect, but he's also jealous of what Rocky has in America. And he's in Russia knowing that he's a badass, but he has to work for the Politburo and the fucking, you know, Gorbachev and all those dudes, all this stuff. And also there's a, there's a scene that, uh, are the people still chanting Rocky? They are, but there is a scene that was ludicrous. That makes no fucking sense in the original. And it's gone. He whacked it. He knew the robots gone, everything. It was fucking great. I was really shocked. And it's streaming on Amazon. I would recommend you watch them back to back. 
I would recommend, or, you know, back, not, you don't have to fucking watch them back to back and have a crazy three hour Rocky marathon with the same movie. But if you watch them consecutive days, you'll see the difference and you'll be like, oh man, he made great choices here. And he did. I'm, I'm shocked by it. Believe me, I'm endlessly shocked, which I shouldn't be because I love the original Rocky. I love Rocky two. I love Rocky three. I love first blood. I love Rambo, but also Rocky Balboa was fucking gorgeous. Uh, the new Rambo movies were great and, uh, and I exactly what I wanted them to be, you know, and, and this movie, he did a really good job. So we hung out. It was, uh, it was a great time. And then I had to be up early to go back to the gym in the morning. And, uh, <laughs> I drove home from Pat's place and I get to my house and it's like 1030 at night and I get a text and it's from John, my trainer. And he goes, Hey man. Uh, I said, what's up? 10 o'clock AM tomorrow. And he goes, well, I'm going to have to pass. I said, what's up? And he goes, I got COVID. I said, what? Cause he's vaccinated. Uh, both shots. And he goes, yeah. And, uh, his, his, his girlfriend is a, uh, she works in an urgent care or something and she's also vaccinated, but she got it. She gave it to him. So he's like, yes, you're going to have to go get tested, man. I'm really sorry. Now I'll tell you, I have made it through this entire pandemic without coming close. I I haven't had to test once. And I was so glad because when I saw those fucking swabs, you had to jam up your fucking nose. I was like, dude, that is not for me. I got no interest. That is fucking awful. So I did my best to avoid it. And also, as you know, uh, the disease is not kind to fat guys. So not having insurance and also being a fat guy who didn't want to get intubated, I I was very careful. I I did my best to not put myself in a compromising situation. And, and that included canceling a flight to Aspen. Like I, you know, I was, I was very cautious and I followed the science and I felt good about it. And it just, in a fluke, cause again, I've had my shot and, uh, and he, he's vaccinated and he, he gets it from his girl and he's like, I'm sorry, you got to get tested. Well, it's, it's 11 o'clock by my house, 11 o'clock PM. And I don't even know, I don't, I don't know where you, what you're supposed to do, where to go. So, uh, I've had friends who've done the testing. So I texted Pat. I went, Hey, I said, what is my play here? I said, is there anywhere open 24 hours or whatever? He goes, no, he goes, just get one of those at home tests. I said, are those reliable? He goes, well, yeah, I, they, they sell them. You should probably just, you know, just try it. So I, I got on the phone. I called the Walgreens by my house. They were out of them. I called the Walgreens up on Van Nuys Boulevard out of them. Called another I called four different Walgreens and all of them were out of them. And I'm like, and they, and they didn't know when they'd get them back in. So now I'm panicked. Cause it's like 1135 at night. And, uh, then I, there's, so then I get a look, I like Walgreens. I don't like CVS and the, these other fucking joints, but there's, there are Rite Aids near my house. So I called a Rite Aid and, uh, and the woman who answered, I said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm looking for an at home test. She goes, when would you need it? I said, right away. She goes, when would you be coming to get it? <laughs> like, oh, no, there's some third degree. And I'm like, right away. She goes, okay, if you're coming right away, then yes, we have one. 
I said, ooh, is it, it's that rough? She goes, yeah. She goes, you need to come right now if you want it. I'll hold one behind the counter if I can. I said, okay, great. So I hopped in the car and I hustled over. And she was a lovely woman at the front. And I walked over and I go, hi, I just called. She goes, okay. She goes, uh, when you called, we had four left. And two people have bought them since you called. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. She goes, no. She goes, we get them. She goes, we might get 20 or 25 in a delivery and they're gone by the end of the day. And then we might get one the next day or we might get them in three days. We just don't know. I go, so you had, she goes, we had four when you called. We have two left. She goes, but I held yours here behind the counter just in case. That's 30 bucks. And I mean, I, and it was so awesome that she would even do that, that she would think of me and hold it. Uh, that's why she was like, are you coming? If you're coming right now. And I was like, yes, I'm absolutely coming right now. Uh, but to know that, I mean, cause it took me five minutes to get there and they sold two in the time before I got there because I guess people need them. I guess, you know, there's a demand as there should be, I suppose. So I was bummed cause again, I got home and then it's, I don't know if you've done the at home test, but it comes with swabs and a vial of juice. And then what looks like a pregnancy test thing and a test tube. It's fucking nonsense. I mean, it's just, what is this? What has this globe come to? What has happened to us folks that this is what we're doing at home testing for bullshit. What a fucking mess. God damn it. Doctors save us from ourselves. Uh, so I got, I got the swab and also the only thing I've read, man, is, is how deeply you have to go into your sinus cavity to fucking make this thing work. And so I'm like, oh man, I'm so but I didn't want to fuck it up. You know, I didn't, I didn't know what to do, but I didn't want to fuck it up. And it's, you know, it's midnight and I got nobody to turn to or talk to. So I was like, all right. So there's a, I have to put an app on my phone and you got to go through a thing where you give me your address and your name, because then if it turns out that you have it, they got to, I'm sure they got to quarantine you. It's, they, they, they want all your info, which is fine. I get it. But I download the app and there's this thing and, and they're like, break this out and open this tube and do this and take the swab. Don't touch it and put it in your nose. And I, I dudes, I jammed this swab. Like I was, I was tickling brainstem and I, I drew instant tears. Like tears are flowing out of my face and I'm still, cause you got to spend, I think it's 15 seconds going around and around inside your fucking sinuses and I'm twisting it and rolling it and twisting it. And I'm, I'm tearing up and crying and I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ. And then I know I got to do the next fucking na- nostril or whatever the fuck. So I put that one in the juice container. I pull out the other swab. I do the other nose. I'm doing the swab and the move and the run. And the 15 seconds, there's a timer. And then it makes this loud, obnoxious noise. And so I put it in there. And then you got to set it in this tray. And you're looking for a plus sign or a minus sign. It's got to be purple. And, and here's the thing that they do. They don't tell you what it means. You have to follow along on the app. And it says... Uh, are you, what are you seeing on the screen? Are you seeing a purple plus sign? Are you seeing uh, a faint red, whatever faint red line? And uh, I said, no, a purple plus sign. And they're like, and, and uh, so that I'm terrified because a plus, as you know, uh, in most math, in most countries, that means positive. So, uh, so they, they go, what do you, you know, do you see a plus sign? Yes. Do you see a thin red line? And I, I'm like, no. And they said, okay. So please be sure you don't see any trace of a thin red line. If all you see is a purple plus press here, press here, all the, whatever the fuck. And then I do it. And then the screen pops and it's green. And it says you are negative. 
you must do this test again in 24 hours so we we know what's going on but please don't touch anything throw away what you used and be ready to do the test again in 24 hours and uh and man i was i because because i will tell you this uh you know i i had trained that day i'd been in the gym with john and all this stuff and then i went to a fucking theater i was in a packed house movie theater with my mask off eating popcorn and I was mortified thinking that if I was positive, you know, let, let alone my friend Pat, who's sitting next to me, but am I, am I going to be a super spreader guy? Am I going to be, am I the guy who took down, am I the, the, the patient zero in contagion? Am I the monkey from outbreak? Let me ask you this folks. Am I the goddamn monkey from outbreak? Uh, sitting in a packed house theater, yelling and screaming and cheering for a movie that I've seen. And then I'm like, oh man, if I'm sick and then I got a whole theater sick because I'm watching some movie from fucking 1985, what is wrong with me, man? And and I am just so fucking tired of having to worry about that kind of stuff. I got to be honest. You know, I just, I'm following the science. I'm doing what is necessary. But for you to tell me that I have to wear a mask to walk into a fucking restaurant and then when I sit down and get a glass of water, I can take the mask off for the whole meal? Because why? Because germs, they, they, don't, they don't want to interfere with my appetizers? Like, what the fuck is that? And, and, but I'm not going to question it. I'm, again, I do what I, I can to make other people feel as comfortable as they possibly can, and I want to stay safe. But... I think we can all admit that it's pretty fucking bananas now. It just it it just gets under your skin because we we're all fatigued, we're all exhausted by it. It's been almost two years now. It's rough, and 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 now if I got to be jamming shit up my nose all the fucking time. So anyway, so I I do that, and uh, Pat and I were supposed to go see a concert. We were supposed to go see Lou Graham. And I texted him. I was like, "Look, I don't know how you want to handle this." He goes, "If you're negative, I I don't mind going. I'm fine. I'm negative." I said, all right, cool. So the next day I go to his place and I walked in and I talked to them and I go, oh man, I go, I took that They go, And Pilar's like, you took the test? I said, yeah. I said, but my nose still hurts. They go, why? I said, oh my God, I was crying. I, I put that fucking swab all the way up into my fucking head. And I said, I could almost feel it in my eye socket. Pilar goes, you don't have to do that. I said, what are you talking about? I read everything I've read says that they got to get really deep in there. And she goes, yeah, in the beginning when they first invented the test, that was what they had to do. That's why they used the super long swabs. She goes, but now these have become so effective. They know what they're looking for. So that's why they give you that little swab because you only have to do the inside of your nose. You don't have to go up into your sinus cavity. And I said, well, I sure wish you would have told me that before. <laughs> you know, it's not their job. But I was uh, I was all fucked up, man. So, uh, so for like a week, my nose hurt. Uh, but more importantly... You know, I was fine. I tested that night and I was negative. So I was negative. I was fine. But John was not. John was positive. And John is my trainer. And November was predicated on getting back into the gym and working out hard. And and look, man, I'm I'm a lazy person who don't likes to do doesn't like to do those things by himself. But if I have rage and fury, then I can force myself to go, fuck this, let's do this, man, let's fucking do it. But that rage has been extinguished and that fury is gone. For the time being, I can hopefully gin it up, bring it back, I don't know. But as I said, November, you know, we, uh, 
November 1st, we were turning it all around. We were going to reopen the little Schmitty page and, and uh, the Fit Brigade. And, and I, I had all the best laid plans and grandiose ideas. And, and the first two weeks, I did I did good work. You know, I didn't meet my obligation of having a podcast to you in a week. But I went and lifted. And uh, I felt like, again, I was reentering society and feeling good about it. Lifting hard and running and feeling good and going to, like I said, movies and um, felt a small glint of normality. And then John got sick and he's like, Hey, I still want you to do cardio and you know, you should get on the bike and but text with me and let me know what's going on. And, and I, in my brain, I was like, yeah, fuck all that. That's not happening. The whole point is to lift and work out and do it with you. And, and also look, man, I, I didn't need you don't need to give me a reason to, to say, oh, I don't need to do this, right? You don't need to give me a reason to pass up bettering myself, sadly. You give me the opportunity to say no. You give me the opportunity to choose. You know, it's funny. there. You choose life, those shirts. My shirt would be choose still life. If you if you're telling me that I don't need to get up early and go to the gym and I I can I can just sleep in again and then I can stay up late again and then I can eat what I want again and I can do because it's it's school's out man school's out teachers off teacher got sick and we can do whatever the fuck we want and so I uh decided to embrace John's covid by doing nothing and I will tell you this, I was angry at myself for deciding that. And every day I would get up and I'd look at myself and go, 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 go to the gym, ride the bike, do fucking something. Uh, and then I'd take a shower and then I'd turn on the television or I'd go online or I'd read or I'd do anything else to take my mind off of it. I would climb into my phone for four hours, whatever I needed to do. And then it would be like, well, all right, so you know what? It's six o'clock. I should do, I should do this after I'd stream on Twitch. And then after that, I'd be like, well, I could do it. Well, I'm going to watch this, though. I'm going to watch that. And all of a sudden, it was 11 o'clock at night. I, uh, I I chew time up like a cow chews a cud. I just, I will waste your time and my time and the world's time like nobody else. And I did. And I wasted almost all of November. And... uh I will tell you this. And again, I'm not looking for excuses and I'm not looking for you to go, oh, poor Mike or whatever. But I'm just telling you that this is the this is what it is. Uh, because I had made those choices, I was angry at myself. And when I'm angry at myself, uh, you know, then I, I decide, well, you've got to do a show. You should do a show. And then I'm like, well, but why? Because you're going to what you're going to talk about failing again. You're going to talk about how you quit again, how you stopped again. You're going to bore these people to tears with another fucking story about how you had the best intentions and all of a sudden it fucking fell off a cliff because you decided it was going to fall off a cliff. This wasn't any bullshit. The gym was still open. I could have gone and done whatever the fuck I wanted. But I took the opportunity to quit. I gave myself permission to fail again. And after 
giving you a three-hour podcast talking about how November was the world-changing, game-changing, let's fucking do it, line in the sand, let's let's be what we're supposed to be and be our best person and change our lives and change our direction and uh, and then and then to so blatantly decide not to do that and to give myself permission to just fucking fail and and take a knee and ride out my fucking days it was embarrassing and i'm i'm ashamed to tell you it now but i have to you know i couldn't i couldn't miss a month of podcasts and then come back in here and act like nothing had happened you know i'd love to i'd love to just be here telling you about rocky and oh and then we did this and i did that and oh and, uh, but I, but I can't, I can't, you have to, cause you'd be just going, you know why? Because you would wonder if I took it for granted that you would just be there again after a month after I fucked up. And as I've said, talk is cheap and I, and I have words and words and motherfucking words, but I don't ever want you to think that I just assume you'll be there when I decide to do this. No, I'm, I'm miserable and sick that once again, I failed you guys. It's not even about failing me or failing in, in Toto. It's, it's, it's that I let you down again after assuring you and promising you. And look, you're used to it by now. And I get emails from people who laugh at me, you know, and, and who, Hey, how's that bike coming? Is it, is it, you know, I literally have had people write, Oh, how many, how many shirts they got hanging off your bike? And, uh, and I understand we're all having fun and, and I get that. And, uh, but it's because you're so used to me just fucking failing that you can, you can rub it in right in my face and I get, and I deserve it, I suppose, because I haven't shown you any different, but it does make me go, Jesus Christ, look what you've done. You've conditioned people to think that you're a fucking failure because you are. So that's another reason why you haven't heard from me in weeks uh, is because, you know, I've made all the wrong choices again in my life to backslide and not work out and eat wrong and all of those things. And, and, uh, and I didn't, I, you know, I don't want to fucking tell you that even though, even though (laughs) a lot of you were, that was exactly what you were expecting. And now you, you get it. There you go. You got it. You got it from me. I I tell you flat out that I failed again. And not because I tried. I didn't even fucking try. I tried for two weeks. And then when John was out, I was like, oh, good. That means I don't have to do it anymore. And then I stopped. And it made me not want to talk to you guys. Because this is what you get. And this isn't what you want. You don't, you don't want to hear the travails of Mike and his failures again, fucking again. This goes back to the fucking sad cast of year one. Then we opened the fit brigade. We had Rocky with a blog, all those fucking things. You know, it's just, it's just been, it's been a, a, you know, over a decade long struggle on the air, but it's, but it's been a, a, a half a century long struggle in my life and and I've defeated it sometimes and I've stood over it like Ali standing over fucking Liston 
but not nearly enough. Most of the time, I'm the one taking the fucking punches and falling the fuck out and quitting on my goddamn stool, and that just can't... I, look, and, and I don't want to act all determined here. That can't happen again. Why, I'll tell you. I don't know. Maybe it will. As, as I've said on here before, there there is something comforting about the thought of eating yourself to death, of just indulging yourself in this bacchanalia of of everything you could possibly want in the most simplest terms. I mean, I'd rather drown in pussy, but I mean, if I can't, I guess I could drown in chocolate. There is something appealing to just going, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to watch the movies I love. I'm going to read the books that I enjoy and I'm going to eat all the food I want and, and race myself to the grave. But then there's the other. Then there's the the person inside me, the the ambition, even though it's very small sometimes. But but the ambitious person inside of me who wants to be on a stage, who wants to come out and do shows, who wants to do shows here, who wants to do shows on the road, who wants to travel and see the things I've never seen, who wants to go back to Canada and see his friends, who wants to go back to Japan, who wants to go back to Kuwait, who wants to go to Europe, who would love to go to Africa, who would love to go to other Asian countries, to go to Thailand. I, I as I've said this before, you know, I, I'm very happy with where I live. I love my apartment. I live in the Valley. It's centrally located. I'm 10 minutes from Hollywood. I'm, I'm, this is my home until you go into somebody's house that is 10 times the size of your apartment and they have a kitchen island that wouldn't fit in your kitchen and it's gorgeous and beautiful and then you aspire and then you have all of a sudden it awakens there's that small ember that's burning out inside of me and it'll kick up as if I cupped my hands around it and blew on it and I and it flares up a little bit and I go, you know, I'd like this. I'd like to go talk to people. And, and, and when I went to, with Bill Dwyer to the comedy show, you know, I watched Bill on stage and he even said, I can get you a guest set. I'm like, fuck that, dude. I wore shorts. I'm not going on stage. But then I watched Bill be funny and I watched the other comedians and it was a tough crowd. It was real tight, but everybody did their thing. And, uh, and, and, and it, it can't help but make me go, all right, what what would I do? I'd do this. I bet I could do this. I bet I could knock these people fucking out. I bet I could I I they would want me to they would want me to stay. I bet I could do this. It it's it's like I'm grandpa in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I just I'm fucking dead twenty four hours a day. 23 hours and 59 seconds until you put blood in my mouth. And then I fucking open my eyes and I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, I, I remember what this is about. Going to the comedy club was like putting blood in my mouth. Just like when I was in Chicago in July, it put blood in my mouth. But then that goes away when I come home. I don't know why. I have to find a way to sustain it. I have to find a way to continue to care. And as I've mentioned <laughs> on previous shows and on this show, and, and I, I, I know there's so many entertainment choices out there. 
and there's so many people telling you the stories of success and triumph that they've had. And then there's just people who are being fucking funny. And I, I, you know, I recognize this is none of those things, but this is a reset to kind of reposition myself into getting back to being who I want to be and saying and talking about, like I said, I, you know, the show's about my life and, and, but also it's, it's about my opinions about stuff. Cause the people are like, Hey man, if you saw a movie, tell us about a movie or you saw this or do that. Or, and I, and, and I recognize that there, there are, and this will sound again, I'm not jerking off, but there, there are so many people out there who are interested in my voice. There are so many people out there who want to hear from me. And I say these things to you now and I will forget them in an hour. I wish that wasn't the case, but I can tell you that it's true. I I want, I want to have drive and determination and I want to go, Hey man, people want this, do this because people want you to do it. Don't fucking just backslide. And, and even I told you, I sit in my house and I'll see works that inspire me. I'll watch things and I'll go, fuck, I could do that. I watched, you know, uh, if you watch comedy shows or anything, stand up, anything, I just, I should be doing it. But nobody wants to hear a guy go, boo hoo. I could have done that. I should have been that. I could have been a content. No, just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. I recognize that attitude, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in letting everybody follow their own path and do what they can to be as happy as they possibly can. But I'm not above admitting that there is a South side of Chicago guy inside me. who goes, what the fuck, man? Come on. Don't fucking do that. Just fucking do it. Just do it. Just shut up and fucking do it. You know, you'll see people choosing their own path or people saying this, or, you know, there's all, all sorts of things out there. And I, I, all I care about is that people are cared for and happy. And, and I think all dogs and cats and children, I think they should always be smiling and helped all of those things. But there is, like I said, a South side of Chicago guy in me who's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's just fucking Christ. And he talks to me and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Hey. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of people out there who wish they didn't have to fucking go to work every day, but you got to get up and go to fucking work. And you work once a fucking week. You're talking to a goddamn fucking microphone. And you you know what you do? You try to help these people. You, you, you help people get through their jobs that they got. They don't have, they can't work once a fucking week. They got seven-day jobs, six-day fucking jobs, 10 hours a fucking day. And you helped them get through part of it until you fucking advocated that fucking duty by sitting around and doing fucking nothing. And then you're going to tell them how hard it is for you to fucking do this? Get fucking bombed. He He's in there, man. <laughs> and he's not wrong. He should probably be nicer. But he's really not wrong. So let this episode be a reset. Let, let this just be a way of, of getting ourselves... Uh, this, this explains a little bit or a lot of bit of what's been going through my head for the last few months. And I've look, I've done this on other shows as well, but I needed to do it here. Cause like I said, I didn't want you to think that I just took a month off and was like, ha ha with a propeller hat. And I'm all fucking wacky again. No, man, I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. I'm humiliated and I'm sorry. 
And, and I would love to say with all of the conviction in the world that it won't happen again. And I know you think to yourself that, you know what, Mike, you control that man. You make sure whether it does or it doesn't happen again. And, and I think you're probably 50% right. So I will do my best to make sure that the 50% of, of you that are that the 50% that is right about that is applied to the 50% that tells me that nobody gives a fuck. And, you know, it's a Tuesday. And, and it's, you know, tomorrow's the first. So, you know, that, uh, that November reboot reset that we were all shooting for. December's nice. Let's make the 12th month the first month. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. I'm also at Instagram, Snapchat, and uh, TikTok at Mike four zero Y O B. Do I ever show my face over there? Well, I usually don't. You know why? Cause if the podcast isn't done, I'm like, well, I can't post on Instagram because people will be mad that I didn't the podcast. I am a smart person. Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, Mike four zero Y L B. Go ahead and follow me. I, I, you know, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, if anybody reaches out and becomes my friend on Instagram, follows me on Instagram, follows me on Snapchat, follows me on TikTok this week, for each person who follows me on there, I will I will produce content. I will, if I get five people to follow me on Instagram, I'll post five new photos. If anybody follows me on Snapchat, I will I will send them a personal hello, and I will put up a story. If anybody follows me on TikTok, our friend Liana will be thrilled to hear. I will. I've never done a TikTok, so if anybody reaches out to me and follows me on TikTok this week, uh, I will make some TikToks. I will. I will. You know, at least sending a hello to you to thank you, but also I will. Let's. I guess start using the platform. Can I get arrested for that? I'm old. I don't know if they allow me to do it, but Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Anybody who follows me on there, uh, for the amount of people who follow me, like I said, if ten people follow me on Instagram, I'll put up ten different photos. I'm, I'm. Well, let's let's dive right in, right? Let's let's. You know what? If we're just gonna make promises that 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 we want to keep, let's let's go for home runs. So, if you follow me on Snapchat, I'll send you a personal hello. Uh, if you follow me on TikTok, I'll I'll do a video. For everybody who does it, I'll do one. And same thing on Instagram. For as many people who follow me, I will post a photo. Yay! There you go. So find me at all of those places, and uh, and I'd love to see you there. Thank you. Thanks uh, t- uh, to our friend KC, who uh, who does the YouTube stuff. Although he's been he's looking at me slacking, man. He hasn't posted a show in a month. Uh, <laughs> but I appreciate him very much for being willing to help. Uh, and of course, our great friend David Hernandez. Um, you know he's. Uh, Available at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. You can find him there. He does all sorts of artwork and songs and music. And he's got his own closed group on Facebook called This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. You can find him there and uh, be his pal and be his friend. And, uh, you know, he also does artwork. He can make a, he can draw you. He can paint you. He does Facebook caricatures, things like that. Like I said, he's got the This Is Dumb, You're Dumb, We're Dumb, no, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, This Is Dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. Wait, I can't. I just said it. I don't know. I'm groggy, folks. I'm yammering. Again, I'm so out of practice. I'm doing this. Uh, 
This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. That's the name. That's the name of his group. But also, the man does a podcast. That's super important. It's called the Flem Cat Podcast. It's available right now in all of the places where you would find your best podcasts, and even mine. Uh, the iTunes Podcast Space, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, uh, GinRummy.com. I don't know where they have podcasts these days. All I know is if you go there, anywhere you go find podcasts. You're going to find the Flem Cat Podcast, and that's four words, the Flem Cat Podcast, P-H-L-E-G-M-C-A-T. There's all sorts of singing. There's uh, He's got a spoona. He wants to sing about a moona and the juna. He'll do all of that for you. He's got animals that make weird noises. He's got animals <laughs> that strike curious poses because they feel the heat, the heat between you and him as he does his podcast. Uh, but you got to check it out. It's called the Flem Cat Podcast, available now wherever you can find your finer podcasts. And like I mentioned, the man does artwork. You can hire him. It's the holiday season. So if you want him to do a Facebook caricature for you or your friends, you can get a hold of him to do that. Uh, Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez is the best place to find him. And also, he can paint great paintings. He does oil. He does watercolors. He does amazing work. Uh, several listeners have purchased it. I've seen stuff hanging in people's homes and foyers, and uh, and I'm jealous every time I see it. Uh, I have I have two of his originals hanging up in my house, as a matter of fact. So you should absolutely get him and enlist him to do this for you as a gift for yourself, for somebody else. He just does fucking incredible work, and he deserves your attention. So go ahead and find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. You can also check out his website. His website, you'll be able to see a whole different kind of his artwork stuff. Now, he doesn't really do so much stuff with the website. It's more Facebook. Uh, dot com slash David Max Hernandez. You know, that's that's the one you want to check out. But also, if you want to go to his website, uh, you should. It's art by DMH dot com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. Battered and broken, no jokers, no joking, mired as I can be. Life passes you by when you don't even try. I let my life happen to me. Oh, the times they are changing, you see. times they are changing for me I know that I'm funny but it's made me no money don't you all know that I'm great I ain't gonna move it I don't wanna prove it I'll sit in my chair and just wait Oh, the times they are changing You see Oh, the times they are changing For me Said I'd get healthy, try to get wealthy, but that hasn't happened just yet. 
One day I'll do it I'll big angry through it But don't you put money on that bet Oh, the times they are changing You see Oh, the times they are changing for me. I know it sounds silly, but help me, Miss Lily. So tired of playing this game. Please don't ignore me. Do all the work for me. I can have someone to blame Oh, the times they are changing You see Oh, the times they are changing For me Ten years of playing, a decade of saying all the things I said I would do. You ever get the feeling as you stare at the ceiling that folks are just fed up with you? Oh, the times they are changing, you see. Times they are changing for me, and the times are gonna be what they'll be. My fridge has decided to go a little bananas, and also my neighbor has his television on. Uh, this is what you get when you record in your apartment. But hey, you know what? Who cares, right? I already I just spilled guts all over the place. So what? what's a little background noise going to do that it, I, I didn't already do by... It, look, if I didn't alienate you with all these uh, ridiculous Usher-type confessions in the beginning, uh, then, then I'm certainly not going to alienate you with a little grinding fridge and Fox News, am I? I don't think I am. Uh, you know, I'm way behind on some things. We have sponsors, as you just heard uh, from the Misfit Toys people. Uh, did you know I'm in the Misfit Toys co-op? I'll tell you that right now. I'm in the Misfit Toys co-op. It's uh, it's never not funny, which is a show that contains uh, a Jimmy Pardo and a Matt Belknap and a Garen Cockrell and an Elliot Hochberg. Hochberg? Hochberg? I'm not sure what exactly is his pronunciation, but I know it's Elliot. And I know he's the goddamn technical wizard over there. They do Never Not Funny. Doug Benson does Doug Loves Movies. Todd Glass does The Todd Glass Show. Jen Kirkman does. Well, she, she does no fun with Jen Kirkman, but she also has a new podcast. And, and Christ Almighty, I'm going to find the name. I'm going to do it right now. I'm sure it's, I don't know if it's going to be, wait, what's happening? Is that the, oh, never mind. Wait, am I doing the right thing here? I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I got a little lost. All right, let's go find Jen's new podcast. Shall we do that? Should I? This is how prepared I am, folks. I like to make sure that I'm very prepared when I go ahead and do a show. When you do a show once a month, it's hard. You can get overwhelmed usually. Uh, let's pull up our good friend Jen Kirkman. Uh, she now hosts the Anxiety Bites podcast. What? Yes, that's true. And I know what you're thinking to yourselves. You're like, well, uh, Mike. You should probably listen to that. Well, hold on. Don't get ahead of yourselves. Let's not let's not get over our skis here, folks, with our advice. But you're probably not wrong. And also, uh, I'd listen just because Jen does it. She does amazing work. So, uh, so Jen hosts the No Fun with Jen Kirkman podcast. Uh, then, of course, there's the Anxiety Bites podcast where she interviews people and experts and talks about anxiety, crushing anxiety, if you will. And also, if you're in New York, she's got four dates coming up at the Bell House, I think it's called, in Brooklyn, where she's uh, she's filming and, and doing a whole new album and stuff. So go check her out, please, if you can. And, of course, let me watch your movie with you with our good friend Jonah Ray. Now, I'll tell you, in the beginning of this, I, didn't I plead for somebody to come steal me from my house? Please save me. Somebody come get me. Why wouldn't Jonah Ray do that? Let me watch your movie with you, Mike Schmidt, says Jonah Ray. Doug loves movies and likes Mike Schmidt. Why couldn't he do that? The Todd Glass Show welcomes Mike Schmidt. How about no fun with Mike Schmidt and Jen Kirkman? I don't know why I would get top billing there. I probably wouldn't. Anxiety bites Mike Schmidt. Let's have me on. Never not Mike Schmidt. That seems aggressive. I don't know why I'm inserting myself into these more popular shows, but yet I'm, I should just say I'm very happy to be part of the co-op. The Misfit Toys co-op. I'm going to cough. There's something... <coughs> <coughs> There's like dust in my throat. All we are is dust in my throat. Didn't he die? <clears throat> I think so. I, well, the one of the violin guys died from Kansas. One of them. I don't know. Are they all is there a battalion of violin guys in Kansas? I don't fucking know. It was all hair and violins. That's what their fucking band was. Carry on, my wayward son. There'll be peace when you're done. Oh wait, well there's peace now because you're done. Because you're dead. Way to die, fucking hair fiddle. Uh, never not funny. Doug loves movies. The Todd Glass show. No fun with Jen Kirkman. Let me watch your movie with you with Jonah Ray. Anxiety bites with Jen Kirkman. All parts of the Misfit Toys co-op. Now I'll tell you what we have sponsors courtesy of the Misfit Toys co-op, but also we have sponsors. Uh, I have individual sponsors like our great friend, fearful Jesuit. What? The man who texts me every day to make sure I haven't drowned myself in a bathtub. That's our friend, Fearful Jesuit, the the man who reaches out and says, hey, Mike, have you found a rope strong enough to hang yourself with? And I'm like, not yet. And he's like, that's good news. And I'm like, all right. The man who will send me a note and say, hey, Mike, have you have you donned the cruel shoes? And I have not. But he has a podcast called The Paranoid Strain. Now, I'm behind. I'm not going to lie to you. I uh, so I'm going to describe the last episode I listened to. And I think there's one that's come after. Uh, and I know you're thinking to yourself, Mike, you should be listening to it since you took a month off. Yes, you're right. Fuck me. Okay, I get it. Uh, Paranoid Strain Secret Societies Part 17, ladies and gentlemen, Part 17. Uh, <laughs> it's Freemasons Part 3, but it's Secret Societies Part 17. And uh, honestly, if you're you're listening to this and you're on Part 17, you should go ahead and wait for Leviticus to show up because this is longer than the Bible at this point, clearly. This is longer than the Bible. Uh, you get a little spaghetti Western music up top, a little tunage. You get uh, Dana busting out a Scottish accent. Uh, and I will say this, if it's not Scottish, uh, it's crap. I'm pretty sure it's Scottish. But if it's not Scottish, it's definitely crap. We'll hear from the powerful John Dickey coming back yet again. You'll hear about the Jacobins. You'll hear about Chevalier de Haas. 
Uh, I will tell you this. Uh, there's a uh, there's lots and lots of uh, Steve S- uh, Asura. Is that his name? I think so. Uh, just a hurricane of lies coming out of that fella. Lot of, just Steven Sura. Just just uh, not not good. Or Saura, Sura? I don't know. I wrote it down. Uh, and, and when you listen to this, you find out that history is super easy. Because all you got to do is write shit down with confidence. And don't show your work. Literally, all these people are just sending hurricanes of lies. And, and they all these guys way back then during the Jacobins and stuff. They're just, they're just keeping track of a bunch of shit. And... Uh, and none of it's true, but nobody can check on it. Nobody, nobody, nobody checked their fucking work. Literally, just write shit down with confidence and don't show your work, which sounds a lot like my show. I'm not going to lie to you. It just sounds like you're blurting out a lot of nonsense that people should not. Please don't do any research because uh, the whole thing's a house of cards. But uh, please just believe everything that I say and go cut off a toe or whatever the fuck. That would be good. Uh, you hear about the Clan St. Clair website, which... Makes no sense to me because it reminds me of a story once. There was a story about Al Qaeda. Oh my God, the the fucking guys are outside with the goddamn. Oh no, I forgot it's Tuesday, dudes. I'm so furious. I'm literally gonna have to stop. I'm so close. I'm in the home stretch. I'm gonna have to stop down here while they do the fucking landscaping outside. In the middle of a plug, too. Son of a cunt. I'll be back. You're listening to The 40-Year-Old Boy, and later, The Velvet Rope. Big James and Chewy want your IDs out and your metal items in the bowl. I already got fucking crazy last night. Dude, daily double for the kid. Daily double. You pull up a daily double. Oh, yeah. The fucking night I'm not here. You get blown and you choke a guy out? Dude, I range to choke this guy, and then his girlfriend blows me. You range to choke the guy? That's fucking... Wait a minute. You fucking range to choke the guy and his girlfriend blew you? Dude, my dick was already hot from the choke. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. The Velvet Rope on the Mike Schmidt Podcasting Network. Fucking Ranger! Well, as I was saying, (laughs) we were talking about our friend Fearful Jesuit uh, an hour ago before these dudes came in and blew dry the entire fucking landscape. Look, man, everybody's got to have a job. I know that. But if you're walking around with a fucking proton pack on your back just to kill a fucking spider, I don't know. I don't get it. I just don't get it bullshit i like landscaping i'm not mad why would i be mad at them like i said everybody has to earn a living and if these guys want to do it in the bright sunshiny air while they inhale gas fumes go ahead uh they just happened to be it was unfortuitous timing as i was in the middle of a plug talking about our good friend fearful jesuit and the paranoid strain podcast available where your finer podcasts are and also available where some of your not so finer podcasts are some of your bullshit podcasts, some of your awful, terrible podcasts with just three dudes yelling into a microphone. Those are available. You can find those as well. But I don't plug those, friends. I tell you about Fearful Jesuit. I tell you about uh, the radical Jacobins. I tell you that everything was caused by the deepest wickedness. What else was I doing? Oh, I was talking about the Clan St. Clair website, which made me laugh. The Clan St. Clair, uh, you know, there's some ancient fucking order. They have a website. It, it, it reminds me there was a story once where Al-Qaeda... Uh, took credit for a bombing with a fax. And I went on stage that night and I was like, what happened to the good old rock through the window? Remember when terrorists used to be able to just fucking pitch a boulder through a goddamn four pane and everybody got their message? A fax? Why does that? What? Al-Qaeda should not have a fax machine. I am sorry, but that's where I draw the line. Uh, you'll hear about the Knight of the Argonauts, the master of Esmeralda's table. You'll hear about Ben Franklin and the Nine Sisters. You'll hear about how Freemasons are the He-Man Woman Haters Club. Or you won't really hear that. You'll hear me saying that, quite frankly. Freemasons, they hate women. 
in everything they do, they hate women. They're scared of them. They're terrified of them. And and honestly, if you look at it, you extrapolate that to the world today. Isn't everyone in the He-Man Woman Haters Club? My God, how scared of women uh, is this society? It's frightening, as I've, I've mentioned it many times before, uh, because they've been able to subjugate women and minorities up to so long. And now they're thinking that if somehow women or minorities get some sort of uh, a modicum of influence, that they'll use it to subjugate them. See, that's that's the greater fear. They're like, oh, you're going to treat us the way we treated you for the last 200 years. Well, I, we won't have it. You will not replace us. And then tiki torches and all, all that bullshit happens. Everything is falling apart. Uh, <clears throat> uh, whatever happened to the good old rock through the window? Let me ask you that again. <laughs> You'll hear about Roger DeFlore, a Templar pirate. Uh, it's actually Roger, I think. I don't know. These fucking guys. Here's the point. Paranoid Strain Secret Society Part 17 is available now in the iTunes store. It's Freemasons Part 3. And like I said, I believe there's a Part 18 that's up already, but I haven't had the chance to, to check it out. Because, uh, you know me, I've been sitting in the dark. I've been staring, trying to figure out what the fuck happened to me and why I went off the goddamn rails after 54 fucking years. It's, uh, you know what, you know what it is? It's like my whole, uh, it's like my head is a sink, but it's all backed up. Like there's a bunch of stuff I would like to, like, I got to scoop all of this shit out, this horrible goop in order to get to the good stuff. Like if you want water, uh, we got to clean out this drain and get the rest of this, this, uh, strawberry jelly or whatever the fuck I got in my fucking brain pipes that it's just, I just gotta, I gotta do something, man. You know what I need? Navage. <laughs> you, you know what Navage is? It's a commercial I hear all the time on my uh, satellite radio for Sirius. And it's uh it's a neti pot. I think it's just a thing. It's one of those dumb things where you're fucking, you pour water in your nose and you hope it, it cleans things out, which sounds fucking disgusting to me because like, doesn't that just mean the snot goes into your mouth and down your throat? That's fucking awful. And the worst part is the commercial where they're trying, they trick you because they're, they're doing this thing where they're trying to fool people, right? Uh, and the way they approach it, they're like, uh, hi, I'm somebody for Navaj. The way he says it is so creepy. Navaj. And he says, if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that there's millions of airborne germs waiting to take us down at any moment. And that's why you need Navaj. And, uh, I got to be honest, man. These people who use the pandemic in their advertising get fucked. What is wrong with you? Who do you think you are? There's another uh, company on Sirius XM. This woman's like, in the pandemic, farmers had no outlet for their chickens or whatever the fuck. And now you can buy it through Moo and Oink or Moink. It's Moink.com. And she's like, uh, and what's the phrase? Um, there's just no way you won't be happy to get Moinked. Some bullshit. You'll be saying, hi, thank, thank. Thank doink that I got moinked. I don't even remember the phrase. I hear the commercial all the time and I listen to it because it's so amateur night. It's just this poor woman. And she's like, uh, oh, what do you want? The moon? I gotcha. She's got this bad corn pone accent. She probably doesn't really have, but she's putting it on for the commercial. Oh, it's a mess. Nobody cares. But you know what people do care about? They care about the Freemasons. Damn it. Part three in the Paranoid Strain Secret Society's part 17. And I wrote that down with three exclamation points. So, you know, I'm not fucking around, man. It is part 17. It's available now. And like I said, I believe part 18 is available now. I'm looking forward to listening to it, but I haven't had the chance now uh, because I've been, oh, I don't know. What's the phrase I'm looking for? Terrified of real life and not allowing myself to participate in it and thinking, hey, here's what I'll do. I'll avoid anything that I possibly can. All right. Uh, <laughs> you know, let's get out of here before the fucking landscapers come back. I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, 
I, I get a plug. You know, I'll plug one more thing for you fine people. Um, well, no, I get other things to plug, don't I? I got to tell you about all the places you can find me. I told you about the fucking... Oh, see how bad at this I am? <clears throat> you know, you can hire me for Cameo. Did you know this? You can. I don't know if you want to. I just did another. I just did a Cameo for a gentleman who's a friend and a nice guy and left a very nice comment on Patreon. I'll tell you about that in a second. Uh, but it's a, our, our good friend, Kevin. Thank you. You're very nice to reach out to me. But Cameo book me, man. It's a, it's an app you get on your phone or bookcameo.com. You can see it on the web and and use me. Use me for whatever. Use me as a proxy to tell somebody Merry Christmas if you don't want to show your own face. Let me do it for you, please. Uh, I'm on Cameo. If you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com in the upper right-hand corner, you're going to find a little horn boy. You click on that. You can donate to the show via PayPal. Here's my favorite part. When I uh, start telling you things you can uh, give me, how you can give me money when I haven't done a show in a month. Oh, isn't that a very uh, nice thing to do? Doesn't that just let you know how seriously I take this? Uh, I was going to bug out, but it just seems like we're here, right? Why shouldn't I fucking tell you? And you already, look, you already heard this stuff. You already know that these things exist and, uh, and, but it doesn't matter. Why don't I, it's, it's, I'm a creature of habit. I'm a creature of the night as our friends kiss would say. It's the secret of my success. Uh, I'm in the misfit toys co-op. I'm on cameo. You can donate through the website. Uh, I'm going to have a cash app soon. Because a very nice listener reached out and said, hey, do you have cash app? I said, no. And they said, would you use my code so I can get money? And I'm like, I guess. Uh, not that that matters to anybody, but I'm going to do that soon. There's another way you can not give me money. That'd be great. Also, I'm at Patreon, ladies and gentlemen. Before I get into that, though, let me tell you this. I got two TV channels. Well, yeah, essentially. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. I'm on there streaming all the time, playing video games. I've been doing this game called Marbles, which people love. Uh, I've got a Sherlock Holmes game. I've got I've got all, all sorts <laughs> of games coming down the pike for you. Go ahead and join me at twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. And also, I've got youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. As I mentioned, our buddy KC takes care of it. Um Mainly, it's the archives of this show, this podcast. So, you know what? If I'm ever going again for a month, and I won't be. But if it ever happens that I am, but I promise I will not be. But if a show doesn't come out for a month, but I'm telling you that won't happen again. uh, If it ever happens, you can go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy, and find yourself a merry little Christmas. No, that's not true. Go find yourself uh, an episode that you like, an episode you enjoy. I recommend something from year nine. Wouldn't you want to listen to that? I think things are falling apart nicely right around year nine. So go check it out at youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. It's there. It's waiting for you. It's, as our friend Richard Marks would say, first he would yawn, and then he would say, it's right there waiting for you. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. There's clips of me yelling. Oh, don't you want to see clips of me and watch me actually streaming? I think you should. And I mentioned Patreon. There's a reason I've held it for the end here. Patreon.com slash Mike 40YOB. You can become a patron of this show. Sign up to be a Patreon patron. And I know you're like, well, why the fuck would I do that, Mike? Look, man, I don't have an answer for you. You want to support the show? You want to keep me out of debtor's prison? Whatever you want to do, it helps for you to be a Patreon patron. And uh, do, well, you're like, do I get anything for that? Well, you look. There have been posts in the past, but there was just a post a week ago. That's what I'm going to plug and tell you about right now. If you join the Patreon right now at patreon.com slash Mike40YOB, 
you'll get to hear my uh, latest appearance on the Rock Solid podcast that is not available yet. It is not out there for the public to consume. It won't be out until January. But if you'd like to hear it now, it is four hours long, and it is me and my good friend Pat Francis as we discuss Meatloaf, Bat Out of Hell 1, Bat Out of Hell 2, and Bat Out of Hell 3. The bats are loose. No, the monster is loose. That's what it is. Um, and we talk, look, and you know how it is. I mean, if it's four hours long, we're not just going to talk about meatloaf. There's a bunch of other stuff in there too, but it's available for you now. If you join the patron, uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash Mike four zero Y O B. That would be helpful and cool for me. I would appreciate it very much. Uh, <laughs> it is up for all levels to listen to, because again, I am so inattentive over there. Sometimes I wanted to make sure you guys had something from me and, uh, Pat did me a solid because, it was for his ASAP club, which are people who get the episodes before anybody else because he banks episodes and stuff. Uh, he's just he's very efficient at what he does. He's and I'm, I'm constantly shamed by his uh, amazing work ethic and the things that he gets done. But hopefully it'll rub off on me, right? That's the sound of it rubbing off on me. Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. Go check it out, and you will hear this episode. And it was fun, man. I got in there, and I got to talk to Pat about a bunch of different things. We were talking about Meatloaf, uh, Bad Out of Hell 1, Bad Out of Hell 2. Now, look, I previously talked about Jim Steinman on this show. I don't think I really echoed my thoughts, but I still said some things that I thought you needed to hear. And look, it, there's plenty of things you need to hear about Jim goddamn Steinman, right? He's out there. He's waiting for you. He's also <laughs> our friend Richard Marxist. He's out there waiting for you. And... uh <clears throat> oh, I swallowed wrong. <clears throat> Christ. All right, look. Uh, normally, I'd find something to ramp out here, and and it just seems disingenuous, particularly for an episode reset. Uh, I'll do the ramp out on the next one, right? Don't you just shouldn't I just shut up and get to the theme song? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably do that. Um, once again, let me thank Lewis who sent some money and a nice note. Let me thank Ken and Matthew and Cindy. And uh, Kevin and Brian and Rick, who left notes on the Patreon after listening to the uh, the episode, uh, let's let's thank Blind uh, Blind George, who's a lovely man who's invited me to stay at his place in Arizona. I may be taking you up on that, George. I mean, not for any length of time, but it, it's a, it might be a thing. Um, our friend Mark in Cincinnati in Ohio uh, listened to the Meatloaf episode. Uh, you're all extremely kind. You're all so nice to me, and. Uh, it makes it, it, you know, it makes me happy that you are that, but it also, it shames me that I don't provide you with the proper entertainment for the amount that you care. <laughs> I don't, it, please, please never mistake my inattentiveness for not caring. I just, I, my head is, is, uh, an enemy right now and I'm fixing it. I'm working on it. And, and like I said, today's Tuesday. Uh, so there's this, which you can listen to. And, uh, and is there another show coming Thursday? I'd like to say yes. So I will, I will say yes, there will be a show Thursday and will there be a show every Thursday thereafter? I'd like to say yes. So I will do that as we know, words and talk are cheap and I do what I can to go ahead and, and, uh, and fight this fight. I, I know it sounds ridiculous and I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to get you guys to go, Oh, boo hoo, poor Mike. I don't, I don't need any of that bullshit. All I need for you to do is to understand that it's important to me that you listen. You're all important to me in my life and in my career. And I appreciate the very fact that you give me any, any amount of time, any amount of attention at all. Um, and I apologize for 
the past six months, if, if it needs to be longer than that, maybe. But I, I think the past six months, I mean, you know, when the pandemic started, I thought I was fucking strong and solid. I had some great fucking shows. Um, and then it was, it was about a year into the pandemic, maybe a year in, in a couple months where I, for some reason, man, I just got fried and I'm still there. I'm fighting as much as I can, but, uh, I, you know, I, I, I appreciate you sticking around as long as you have. And I can only hope to, uh, to justify that going forward. And I, and I believe I will. So I have all sorts of ideas and hopes and plans. I got plans. You know that folks, I tell you that all the time. I got plans and, uh, I'll do what I can to bring them to fruition. I would like very much to go out on the road and see all of you face to face and thank you personally. Um, that would be great. So, all right, man. Thank you so much. This is we're, we're resetting. It's a, we're resetting the previous reset from a month ago. Uh, let's reboot the reset, shall we? Let's reset the reboot, huh? Let's do that as well. I hope everybody had a fantastic holiday. I hope your Thanksgiving didn't just smell like Thursday, and uh, and we hit the ground running here in December. Like I said, change is is hard, uh, and and nothing stays the same. But unchained, we hit the ground running. So starting now. In December, again, we tried it in November, and uh, and 30 days hence. We spent, you know what, we spent 30 days in the hole. 30 days in the hole! But we're out now, and we're ready to make uh, December the start of something hopeful. December the start of something normal. December the start of something that we've lost and need to recapture. And I appreciate you guys for hanging in there, and... Uh, and you know what? I'll, I'll, I will talk to you in a couple days. What? Yes. Truthfully. I promise. Don't promise. Nobody gives a shit about promises. Especially when you fucking stepped on them all the other times. God, see, there he is. He's there. He comes out now here at the end of the show. Fuck this. Love you guys. Thank you very much. I do appreciate you hanging in there. And, uh, and I am going to do my best going forward or try my best to do my best. And, uh, and I hope you come with me. Thanks. <laughs> Podcast! Podcast.